With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. My name is Brother Beniti. I have Brother Ravana Noon with us also. I want to welcome everybody to the show. It is um, Thursday, May 11, 2017. Uh, I want to welcome all our international listeners. Uh, if it's your first time listening to the show, um, if you're new to the show, or if you just accidentally stumbled across the show, uh, just so you know what type of show you're listening to and what type of subject matter we discuss here. Uh, it is an occult, metaphysical, um, adept of the black arts, African witchcraft, sorcery, ancestral worship, uh, things in those categories, the things that we discuss uh, on the show. Uh, one thing we pride ourselves in is that the stuff that we talk about and teach uh, we're speaking from a experience perspective, which we've come to the realization is important in this day and time because we have a lot of self-professed gurus, masters, and scholars uh, because they've watched a bunch of videos on YouTube or read a bunch of books uh, that automatically qualifies them to be an ex- a scholar or a master with no experience. So we took it upon ourselves to kind of put together all those experiences and kind of build upon them and share them with the listeners. Uh, so when you hear us talking about masonry, when you hear us talking about OTO, when you hear us talking about any of the esoterical orders, the Rosicrucians, the Martinists, when you hear us talking about Ifa, Santeria, Palo, uh, again, we're talking about things from a perspective having actually experienced them. Now, having said that, we are not saying it's mandatory that you join or become part of any of those traditions. Um, but what we are saying is if you want to teach in its correct matter or form on it, you can't correct something if you don't have the experience in it. So if you really want to understand and grasp what it really is so you can go back and, and, and maybe address certain things in those systems, you would have to have some type of experience. Unfortunately, we don't have that in this day and time. Where, you know, technology is great. Uh, we're using technology right now to do this radio show, which is a great thing, but sometimes social media and technology can be a downside because it's made people lazy because um, now you can pretty much pull up anything you want on YouTube, um, on the Internet, which in turn has created, as I said a minute ago, a lot of these self-proclaimed scholars and tatas and high priests and elders because, you know, everything's at your fingertips right now. And if you have the experience, as we said, you can listen to a lot of people talk and pull away the layers of bullshit. Um, it's very easy for us to listen to somebody and tell if it's book knowledge or internet knowledge or if somebody's actually, per se, say, went through a Masonic Lodge or a OTO Lodge. We can just tell by the things that they're saying and the way that they're talking. Now, 
To some people, that may not be important. And if that's the case, then that's fine. But to some people, it is important because it, it's important to us because it stops the issue of misleading people. Because, again, you can go on YouTube, you know, the problem with melanated people, especially in this day and time, they love conspiracies and, you know, they love any uh, sensational information, you know, Illuminati and fucking Trump. Trump is an incarnation of the devil and, and all this other shit. That's the problem with us. We get caught up in that nonsense where we're not really getting to the core essence of, of what we really need to be focusing on. Um, so having said that, um, bring Brother Ravana Noon in real quick. Brother Ravana Noon, you there? I'm here. Greetings, everybody. Uh, as Brother Beniti was saying, uh, the show focuses a lot on the um, darker aspects of the occult, I should say. When I mean dark, I don't mean some Satanist, some, you know, gory, grotesque, horror type thing. I mean basically dealing with your subconscious, your issues, your your abyss, and the void of things that you don't deal with, don't encounter, or neglect or avoid on a daily basis. This show is not for the weak-minded, the feeble-minded, those who are scared to put the mirror up in front of their face and face themselves. This show is definitely not about massaging your ego or making you feel great, superior, or fantastic. (laughs) This show is about dealing with everything that is not so wonderful, so great, so fantastic about yourself. It's about doing some real insightful work, going deep within, and uh, focusing on your strengths, your weaknesses, but more so dealing with those weaknesses and learning how to overcome them and make them something that can be stronger or beneficial for you. Um, If you came here to hear a preach or a sermon or a discussion on how great you are, how original you are, and that you are... Uh, have 76 trillion years of fake bullshit knowledge, um, you might you might want to hang up now. This is definitely not going to be something for you. This is going to deal with taking the veil away from life as we see it, as we've been shown, programmed, or conditioned to see it, and pulling that layer away for us to really look at life for what it is. Peace. All right, appreciate it, Brother Ramonano. Which leads us and segues into the topic of tonight's show. Uh, real quick before we begin, and I'll, I'll make some of these announcements again uh, later in the show. Uh, first and foremost, there will not be a show next Thursday night. We'll send a notification out. Um, that's due to the fact that we have a ritual the following day. And as we said uh, last month, anytime that we do a ritual, it's just a lot going on the night before as far as preparation and travel. Uh, so we will not do shows the night before rituals. So being uh, the fact that next Friday night is a ritual, invocation of the Holy Death, um, we will not have a show Thursday night. We will post a, a notice on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, and those that are on the uh, email and text list, we will send you a reminder email and text uh, the day of the show. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the day of that there is not a show, which is next Thursday. So I just want to remind everybody, no show next Thursday night. We'll take a break and come back the following week. Um, also, Invocation of the Holy Death, which is uh, Friday, May 19th. Cultural Expressions, 7.30 p.m. 
again, just to uh, stress the dress code, uh, is a black robe. If you do not have a black robe, real simple, all black attire. Uh, that excludes no jeans, no T-shirts, and no shorts. Okay, just so want to be crystal clear now. Very simple rule to follow. Um, please arrive on time. We want to try to start on time. Uh, you know how uh, melanated folks are. They're on CPT time sometimes. We're trying to get out of that habit. We don't want that. Uh, we're pretty much uh, consistent. We, 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 we pretty much start on time unless there's something that prevents us from doing so. Uh, so if you're coming out for that ritual, we'll see you there on uh, next Friday. And then the following day will be a class. Now, we've changed the venue for the class. The class is also going to be at Cultural Expressions um, due to the fact we could not use Sophia's garden. Uh, so also the class will also be at Cultural Expressions. I know the flyer says uh, Sophia's Garden, but when I send the re-notifications out, I'm not going to go back and redo the flyer. I will send a reminder note that uh, it will be at Cultural Expressions. So the events uh, for both days will be in the same location uh, for next weekend. Uh, and if you need information on any of those events, the flyers, directions, et cetera, uh, you can email khnum19 at gmail.com, knum19 at gmail.com. I will make that announcement again later in the show for those that uh, will come in as the show continues to progress. All right, now it leads us into our subject matter. Uh, topic we, we chose tonight, uh, you know, the, the Sith Code, the Grand Book of Sith, Sith philosophy, et cetera. Um, we've done a couple of shows on this. Uh, this energy recently has come up in the last few days. So we thought we would revisit uh, another aspect of this. Now, those that are familiar, as we, if you go back and listen to some of the older shows, uh, some of you might be saying Sith, isn't that Star Wars? Yes, the origin of this Sith persona comes from those Star Wars movies. But when one intently looks at the character of the Sith Lords or the Sith persona in general, um, as we've done shows previously in the past, you can obviously see that this was taken from a lot of these, uh, you know, dark mystical orders that we talk about, a lot of these assassin orders, the order and the brotherhood of Set. Um, when you go into a lot of these different, um, quote unquote, black magical orders, you can see the core principles that resonate in them are identical to the Sith code. Um, now the Sith code and philosophy, as we know, one of the key uh, things that you'll hear that, you know, the, the, the Sith thrive on a couple of elements. But the first thing is passion. We're going to talk about this real quick. And, and, the, and the illusion of peace. Your passion is your power and vice versa. Your power is your passion. Now, one thing that's at the core element of the Sith code is this debunking this mythology uh, that there is peace and, 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 and there's going to be this togetherness. And we talk about it all the time, whether we're doing a show on the Sith or not, because this is one of the greatest hindrances on people's spiritual progression or evolution that they struggle with. Because the bottom line, the bottom line is most dogmas, cultures, and philosophies, uh, you know, quote unquote, I'm going to say more, more right-sider ones, always have this, promise that somewhere down the road if you you know you you do what you're supposed to do you follow all the rules and the regulations now if you really pay attention this is the jedi you know if you follow all the rules and regulations you follow the structured system that's set up if you if you stay loyal all, all these things that appear on the surface to be very noble 
that appear to be very righteous, that appear to be the right thing to do, um, that you're going to have some great reward of this, this ultimate peace and, and this, this high level of success. I don't care if it's monotheistic religions. I don't care if it's spiritual systems like Buddhism or whatever it may be. They all, in some shape, form, or fashion, promise this illusion that at some point, if you just keep doing what you're doing, you know, never get, never get, get you to the point of when that point will be. But if you just, just be good, stay loyal, and, and you know, things, things are going to uh, shape up the way that they're supposed to. Well, Sith philosophy and Sith code is completely the opposite. It doesn't teach you to sit around and wait for shit. It doesn't teach you uh, uh, to follow all the rules and be loyal that you'll get some great reward. It basically teaches you your passion is in your power. So if you have a limited amount of power, okay, you can't achieve anything. And it's about power. And if you don't think it's about power, question yourself on your existence. And let me give you an example. Everybody that's listening to this radio show right now, ask yourself, I've mentioned this before, Ask yourself, why do you get up every morning? Why do you get out of bed? What's your, what's your driving purpose, right? Most people will give you answers such as, well, I want, I want to make tons of money, right? That's a form of power. You get up every day, I would hope, and if you don't, then you really, you really might want to hang up and get off this, this, this show. If you don't get up every day with the purpose of bettering yourself, right, we can, we can, we can veil it in those words. But I think everybody's trying to be, quote, unquote, number one, right? Everybody wants to be number one at everything that they do in their life. I don't care if it's sports. I don't care if it's career, uh, whatever it might be. That is a principle that comes from this core philosophy that your, your power is in, in the drive of your passion. So apply that. So we're, we're going we're gonna to demystify the fictitious aspect of it. And we're going we're gonna to now take that and, and put it into perspective of how you can apply it in your everyday life. What, question your level of passion for anything that you do. Most people, you ever hear the saying, whatever you put in is what you get out? We hear that saying all the time. We hear it in sports. We hear it in, in just growing up. We hear our parents tell us that. Well, whatever passion or energy you put into something, that is what you're going to get out of it. Most people fail and are unsuccessful in life because they don't have a passion for what they do. They, they have these preconceived notions, number one, or they just go along with this whatever system that they've been going along with for such a long period of time that it just becomes redundant. Well, that's not what, uh, quote, unquote, somebody that follows Sith philosophy does. And they're not willing to stop at any level. Now, some of it, as we progress and talk on, people might say, well, some of this sounds very greedy and self-centered. Well, Exactly. Okay, this is exactly what it is, and you should be. But don't, don't get twisted by the confusion in those words. Listen to the words self-centered. Everybody should be self-centered, okay? Because if I'm saying self-centered and you're thinking just along the lines of greed and, 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 and selfishness, then you're not understanding you know, fully what this is about. So let's start, let's start with this aspect of it. First and foremost, we're going to discuss the aspect, if you're dealing with a system, I don't care what spirituality you practice right now as we speak, if it's at, at its core is, is promising you this illusion of togetherness and peace, I'm telling you, you're going to get disappointed. And as we said before, 
People spend their entire life chasing after these illusions, and they do not exist. Okay? So that's step one in embracing Sith code and Sith philosophy. It's almost the same thing. And you're going to see the similarities with this and the isolated consciousness of Set. It's really no different. You understand? Because it has its connection. It has its similarities. So you have to be able, obviously, to put one and one together and, and, and be able to piece this thing together. So let's briefly talk about, first and foremost, if one embraces, we'll say in this case the mentality. Now, again, we don't, we don't want people, you know, when, when we're doing a show like this, we don't want people dressing up as Sith and walking around the streets because, you know, there are some people that go to the fucking extreme. Uh, we're talking about the spiritual aspect uh, of this philosophy or doctrine. And then later I want to get into, uh, after we go through a little of this, uh, Sith alchemy, real Sith alchemy. We'll go into the Grand Book of Sith and we'll, we'll pull some excerpts out of there. But let's talk about this first, Ravana, on this. First and foremost, what as, as taking on the principles – let's per se, of a Sith or a Sith Lord. What's the first thing one must shed, or I want to say must, absolutely has to shed, in order to embrace the philosophy? Let's talk about that. Oh, shit, hold on. I don't know how you got muted. Hold on one second, brother. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You must. Did you get disconnected and come back in? Yeah. No, oh, I didn't my, even phone, see it. my phone hung up by mistake. God damn it. Oh, okay. I didn't even see it. I'm glad I just saw it. Okay. Uh, did yeah. you hear what I – you heard the question, right? No, not I didn't hear the question. What was the right. last question? Okay, I didn't know how long you were gone. What I was talking about was, all right, the beginning aspects, um, obviously we want to take – we want to dispel the fiction and the sci-fi aspect of this because, like I said, we don't want people dressing up as Sith and walking around and going in the grocery store and shit. We're, we, we're, we're taking the – Spiritual core principles. So what I was saying was, the the question that I was asking uh, before you got disconnected, what I want to build on is, what are the things that one must absolutely shed first before embracing the philosophy of Sith? All right. Um, First and foremost, we have to shed the Hollywood uh, programming. Um, When you look at the whole um, technological movie cinematography aspect of it, of, you know, uh, the abilities of Sith or Jedi, but mostly Sith, of being able to choke people's neck through the air without actually doing it, you know, um, shooting lightning from their hands and things of that nature. Uh, Cut that shit out, okay, because this is not Hollywood. This is not Sith. Harry Potter and all that bullshit. That's not how sorcery and magic works. Okay? Second thing you have to debunk in your mind is also that every movie, every sci-fi movie has its (coughs) root in something in the physical world that is actual or factual. So, Debunk that, okay, the Sith were these individuals that came from another planet. The planet's name was Cordoban in the mythology. And there were these red-faced beings who mixed in with dark Jedi. And then, you know, they produced this new race of beings who were more powerful, who embraced the dark side. It's lovely. But when you really look at the story, and I'll go into the story, some of the Sith became masters of lords 
from slavery, okay? Some of the mythological individuals, such as Darth Bane, was a slave. Now, if you take that into today, in today's context, connected to things that have happened here in the West, in America, South America, whatever the case, they rose from being a slave to becoming a lord or master. That shows the power of what an individual possesses in their psyche, in their, in their mind, and in their makeup, that they can overcome certain aspects of slavery, oppression, and raise up to be masters. But there's one thing cis never do. Cis do not blame anybody for their plight. Rather than blame, they take the power back for themselves. And I'm, I'm using this because I'm trying to help people understand that when you look at the philosophy and debunk the Hollywood tech, technological aspect of it, its root story has an emphasis on uh, many of our plights here in America and what we can do. When we realize that we've been fed bullshit, and what do I mean by that? One of the things that uh, the mythological individual known as Darth Bane said is that equality is a lie. It's a lie because it is utilized to take the weak and make them feel that they're equal to the superior or the stronger and that we all share an equal plight in our destiny. And Darth Bain says equality is what actually causes people to become uh, lazy, to become uh, lackadaisical, to become, what uh, sh- should I say, just existing, a mere existence, because we think now I'm equal to somebody who actually has the authority and the power over me, but I'm deluding myself to think that I'm equal to this person. Equal to them how? <clears throat> See, when you go to right-handed path mythology, I mean right-handed path and religious information, they make you think you're equal to them because we all share in this oneness and the force. That's the Jedi. We're all one to God, and we're all equal. Well, when you really debunk the Hollywood version, the the Sith philosophy (laughs) would apply to you today by saying we're really not all one. We're really not all equal. There are some people that have more gifts than others. And if if that wasn't true, then why, let's say for our time in the 80s and 90s, Michael Jordan was the best basketball player in the NBA at that time. If we're all equal, why weren't all the other athletes in the NBA at that time equal to Michael Jordan? You understand what I'm saying? It's no equality there. But you're taught to think that we're all equal, which then makes you become a person who is less focused on becoming powerful and more focused on peace. Okay? Peace. Peace is the illusion that traps everybody into thinking we're all going to go hop, skip, step, and jump holding hands, and we're all equal, we love each other, kumbaya, and all that bullshit. That's not peace. That's an illusion of what people think is peace. In reality, the Sith had it correct. 
Peace is a lie. It really doesn't exist. <clears throat> the only really thing that ever existed was your passion, your passion for life, your passion for success, your passion to um, become greater, your passion to be a great doctor, lawyer, athlete, mother, father, whatever. Your passion drives you every day. But if I take that away from you and make you think that peace is a is abundant and it's the only reality in this world, then you have to understand that that's the lie. So if you look at Hollywood, they will always mix truth with falsehood to captivate you and grab your attention. So to, in order to really embrace the Sith philosophy, Sith code, and Sith sorcery, you basically would have to say, okay, the Sith were fictitious characters created by George Lucas and others that were actually symbolic of physical manifestations or physical events and existences and things that occurred in actual time that we're living in. So that's the that's the method of Hollywood. But then when you debunk that reality and say, okay, well, this is just a story that is laced with a lot of technology, special effects, things of that nature, when I get to the core of the story, I can see where the story is related to me and how it relates to my existence and how I can apply some of these teachings into my life. So that's one of the best methods to actually apply some of what you've taught because what you have to understand is most movies will shed truth but mix it with falsehood. But there is a method to the madness and there is a message to what they're trying to do to try to share some information with other people. Now, of course, you're going to have your conspiracists and say, well, George Lucas was a part of the Illuminati. Really, motherfucker? Really? Well, how was he a part of the Illuminati, and can you prove he was a part of the Illuminati? Are you just... Oh, man, all you got to do is go to YouTube, man. Yeah, yeah. So, in reality, when you look at the whole Sith information, it really relates phonetically to the word Seth, which is also one of the mystery names in the Egyptian mystery or comedic mystery system of Set or Sut or Setes. So when you look, the Sith utilize red and black. They utilize the same color and colors that Set utilized and the temple and uh, the Brotherhood of Set utilized black and red, just like the Sith do. In the movie Star Wars Saga, the Sith use a, a chaos star. Essentially, if you look at it closely, that's right. the symbol the Sith use, which is a chaos star, which shows you that they, um, somebody who put the story together was trying to show you that they knew about chaos magic and how people who could really understand it would gravitate to that symbol and say, oh, so I could use the Sith, because chaos magic is the ability to use anything, whether it's false or actual, and utilize it in a magical system for your results. 
So yeah. somebody somebody threw that symbol up there, not on accident, as a like symbol showing hello. For those who know, you'll know and you'll pick it up. Now, what do the Sith do? The Sith go about trying to master everything about themselves in the darkness by encountering their fears, their doubts, their uh, insecurities, their deficiencies, and they work day and night to become a master over that shit, okay? Mm -hmm. So when you look at it, their whole Sith code, when you really break it down, you can see that it's actual, uh, let's say, it's actual hints on how to actually apply it to your life to become a master over your life. For example, peace is a lie. Okay, we discussed that already. There's only passion. Well, what is passion? Passion could be your desires, your wants, your needs, your lust, your focus on you know, uh, something you want to obtain that becomes so strong that it becomes a passion, okay? Then it says, peace is life, there's only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Well, how is it possible that my passions can fuel me to gain strength from it? Easy. If I'm really passionate about something, I will focus day and night to obtain it, and I'll do the necessary steps to obtain that which I am passionate about, which strengthens my resolve, strengthens my will, strengthens my focus, strengthens me mentally, physically, spiritually to obtain that which I want. Through strength, I gain power. See, I have to become stronger to become more powerful. How do you become stronger? We talk about this all the time on the show. Focus on your weaknesses, your deficiencies. Go into that darkness, your insecurity. Overcome these things. Master these things. Become a master over it, and you turn those weaknesses into a strength. We say this over and over. You think it's just a, a joke or a lie? or No, other people are hinting about this too. Your strength, through strength, I gain power. What power are you gaining? The power over yourself, the power over others, the power to take control of your life, the power to get anything and everything you want. Now, let me sound a little sadistic to people because they'll be like, well, what do you mean? I'm going to step over people's toes? Yes, motherfucker. And people step over your toes every day to get what they want. So why are you so righteous? Not that hard. I can't stand you. All right, anyway, why are you so righteous that you can't, you know, see that the reality is I need to gain my own power in life. I need to obtain what is rightfully um, mine by nature, which is the power to determine my existence, the power to be sovereign over myself, the power to rule over myself. I have to have the power to do that. Nobody can give you that power. You take that shit. But unfortunately, I hear a lot of people even on the show and different things, and I've had conversations, people still are, like, afraid to be powerful. They're, like, afraid to take control. Well, is it wrong if I do this ritual against somebody who hurt me? No, motherfucker. How is it wrong? They hurt you. They went out to destroy you. You think they thought twice about destroying you? So why wouldn't you protect yourself? Why wouldn't you defend yourself? You understand what I'm saying? That power 
is rightfully yours, so why give it to other people? Through power? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't we unite as people? (laughs) Man, fuck that. (laughs) Through power, I gain victory. Now, this is the key thing. What victory am I gaining? To be victorious means you have to win something, right? You have to conquer something, which is another root of the word victor or victory, is to have conquered something. What did you conquer? Your shit, yourself, your bullshit. You conquered that shit. So through power, I gained victory, and through victory, my chains are broken. What chains did you break? Your self-imposed chains, your society chains, your religious chains, your family chains, your cultural chains. All those chains are broken over yourself. Because now you become the master of yourself, the ruler, the sovereign master of yourself to determine your own existence and how you see fit for that to accomplish. So don't look at what we're saying as, oh, but this is some Hollywood bullshit. No, it's not. Because if you really understand the shit, you understand that that shit really came from the temple of Set. And if you know anything, George Lucas being out in California through that time, the temple of Set was established way out there in California during that time, buddy. 75 is right. That's right. And he was there during that time. And it's no coincidence, my friends, that Star Wars, the first one, came out in 1977, two years later. Mm. Right. Okay? So you understand that he already understood this, and he might have learned some of that information. Because some of these actors and directors, they belong to a lot of occult teachings and societies and organizations because they're always trying to enhance and expand their consciousness in order to bring you the massive information coded through movies. So when you look past all the Hollywood things, you can see this all emanates or originates in the temple of set. But it became a modern-day version, a Hollywood version, with a lot of pageantry behind it to captivate the masses. And yep. still, you, those who are knowing or wise enough will be able to interpret that and apply that to their life. Yep. Excellent point. Here, here, here's a good excerpt from the Grand Book of Sith, which I think sums up a lot of what we were just talking about for the last 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and this is, I mean, it, it speaks kind of for itself. Uh, so I'm going to go in. Uh, the dark side, uh, the dark side, it has become inseparable to the Sith. And yet there is no being on earth that does not resonate with the dark side. It is, ines- it, is in- it is inescapable, irrefutable, and intoxicating. The dark side represents to me that which I do not know about myself. Okay, we just we back that shit up one more time. This is what we were just talking about. So the Grand Book of Sith is, is basically eliminating everything that Ravana Noon was just talking about. It's taking that whole Sith Code philosophy, but how can you take it and actually bring it into fruition and make it a reality? So this is why this is a good book to study if you are, you know, an an adept of the black arts. All right, so then it goes on to say, it says, um, it represents to me that which I do not know about myself. Okay? Then it goes on to say, as well as the world. That which is hidden, that which is dark. All knowledge is dark until uncovered by the curious mind. And there is an infinite amount of knowledge out there, and so an infinite amount of darkness to discover. Curiosity, passion, aggression, 
emotion. Feed the dark side, and it also feeds you to seek out that which is dark. To delve beneath the black waters without map or light, to find what is there. Now, that, there's a good metaphor there. It's saying to dive in without a map or without light. You know, what do we keep saying on the show week in and week out? Everybody tries to over-intellectualize shit before they do it. They try to figure everything out. They try, but before they go into really embracing this path, they're, they're trying to pre-plan everything. You can't do that in this path. There's, there's, there's your answer, okay? You have to sometimes dive in without the map or the light. Right? Well, you heard us also say, uh, you know, on some older shows, you have to, you know, give up some of yourself to get that full part of yourself back. So people don't understand how this works. All right, so then it goes on to say, uh, uh, let me skip down over here, uh, to find what is there. Led only by instinct and passion to see what is hidden, and in doing so, you unlock not only the darkness of the world, but also within yourself. For all knowledge ultimately means self-knowledge. And what do we keep saying? Everything is self. I was talking in the beginning of the show, self-centered. You should be self-centered. Okay? What do we always bring up? The, the seven principles of Tahuti. All is mental. Mental is all. Right? We always say that. And this is what this is talking about right here. Real simple. Not complicated if you really decipher it and break it down and put it in its correct perspective. Of course, to seek out anything worth knowing, there is risk terrible risk to the mind as well as the body for there are things to be discovered in the dark that are not friendly even to the Sith there is knowledge that can destroy you if you are not ready or yep. believe you or, or believe you are too ready that, 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 let's talk about that for a quick second yeah. you know, it's like it's like that, that dude that thinks they're prepared to take something on or that individual that, that, that uh, you know sets out to go play that particular sport, you know, yeah, man, I'm going down to the court today and light it up, and they just get stomped. So yep. you, you, can, you can convince yourself you're too ready, okay? Then it goes on to say all knowledge may mean self-knowledge, but there are also things people are not ready to accept before their due time about the world as well as about themselves. You must temper your passion with patience and training, properly assimilating the knowledge physically, mentally, and spiritually before moving on. A good, healthy dose of fear, and you hear me talk about this all the time, will serve you well. For without fear, you may not recognize danger properly or fast enough. Fear is, our only, uh, is only unhealthy if it controls you. Remember yep. what I we, we talked about this a couple of times. If you fear something out of ignorance, that's one thing. But if you fear something because of the unknown or you're anxious or you're curious, or the anticipation of it, that's a fear that keeps you sharp. That's a different type of fear. Um, so we're not talking about a fear that consumes you and you have no control over. We're talking about this type of fear. And as it says here, it keeps you sharp. All right, then it goes on to say, as a certain Sith Lord says, be mindful of the price you are willing to pay for power. Okay? You may notice that I have not stated anything the dark side of the force, that's simple. It's an absurd notion. The force, here's, this is important right here. The force has no light or dark side. Listen to this part that follows now. There is only what you do and what you don't do. I hope people caught that. Our choices 
Yeah, you got a lot of feedback in the wind. I'm, I'm, I might have to mute you. I don't know if you're outside or walking. Uh, yeah, I'm outside. All right, try try not to move around because it's, it's real loud. All right, then it goes on to say, um, our choices and actions can only define what is light or dark. Okay, so this this is the spell in this mythological illusion of what they're calling dark side. Okay, what determines the force? It has no light or dark side. It's only what you do and what you don't do. Okay, our choices and actions can only, okay, can only, okay, and as you see, it's not leaving self, right? You see, nothing is, is leaving out of there. Okay, what you do and don't, our choices and actions can only define what is light or dark. That's what makes it light or dark. So if you choose to be fluffy, or a gray sider, or you choose to straddle the fence, or you want to play safe, and unfortunately we got that, those, those group of people out there, they want to play safe, um, that defines you. If you, if, you, if you jump in, as it said uh, a few paragraphs up, sometimes you got to dive in without the map or the light, and that's what we mean when we say you must experience, that's a whole different story, okay? So your choices is what determines that, okay? Real simple. Then it goes on to say, your choices send out ripples into the force. And how those ripples reflect what you have done truly show whether what you sent out was light or dark. Sith are as capable of great compassion as any Jedi. Oh, shit, let's back up now. Compassion. Sith are capable of great compassion as any Jedi. Conversely, despite their denial, Jedi can be capable of great hatred and apathy. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfectly light or dark. Let's stop here for one second. You want to see, you want to really see if you think you're fluffy and you're spiritual and you think you're so unified and it's about peace and love and we must unite and all this shit. I told you before, you want to see that dark side come out real quick? If your ass was trapped in a room with somebody else, okay, and there was only enough of food in that room for one of you motherfuckers to survive, that peace and love shit would go out the window real motherfucking quick. I'm bringing this up because, did you hear what this point just said here? It used the metaphor, a Jedi, which is the light siders in this, in this philosophy, has the capability of conjuring up that same aggression, that same passion, that same energy. Hatred can be good if utilized in its correct way. What the fuck does that mean? You're probably listening like, this sounds like some self-centered, you know, uh, uh, selfish shit. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. Because the bottom line is, at the end of the day, it's about survival of the fittest. And some are going to figure it out quicker than others. If you think you're on a mission to save the fucking world, you're you're in for a serious disappointment. Because like I said before, if anybody's back is put against the wall to a certain extreme, survival instinct kicks in. All that peace and love shit goes out the window. You will do whatever you have to do. You understand? I'll do whatever I have to do to survive, right? You hear people say that. What does that really mean? And what would you do? And what is whatever you would have to do to survive? To what extent? Okay? The question is to what extent? Because I can tell you this. I don't care. You can look. And I've asked somebody this question. You could tell they were so full of shit. I had one person tell me, well, if there was a food in the room, 
I, we, we would break it up and shit. Get the fuck out of here. You wouldn't break shit up and share it. You wouldn't break that shit up and share it. You would try to you would try to consume it. If you knew that that's all that was left, you're gonna sit there and tell me you're gonna work out a plan with that individual how we can slowly spit man. Look, when that shit, you might do it at first in the beginning, but when it gets down to that last fucking morsel, that's a wrap. Okay, I'm gonna tell you that shit right now. I bring this up because if you really want to, if you, this is gonna make you question yourself if you into all these fluffy right side of doctrines. If you don't believe it's about passion and desire and your passion is what fuels you and gives you strength, if you don't understand that concept, then you don't understand the concept of life. Like I said earlier, what is your purpose for getting up every day? You want to be number one at everything you do, right? Right? You taught that from day one. Be number one in sports. Be the best at the top of your class, right? Have to be the best at whatever it is you do as far as a career or a business, right? You don't get up and say, you know what? There's enough of number ones in the world. I'm going to be number three, four, or five today. That's, what I, that's my goal. I'm going to get out of bed today. I don't want to be number one. I want to be three, four, and five. I want to be fair about this shit. I want to give somebody else a chance to be on the top. Do you do that shit? No, you, you veil it, though, what religious people do or people in these soft spiritual doctrines. That's why I said in the very beginning, all of them at the core promise you some great reward at the end of this peace and love bullshit, that there's going to be some point in time where you're going to get to that point. They can never tell you when that's going to happen because guess what happens? Your parents, your great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, all long dead and gone, they were told the same bullshit. Here you are in 2017. We're still being told the same bullshit. We must unite as people. Here's why melanated people can't unite, because they have this natural dark side in them. This is why they can't unite. This is why motherfuckers get together and can't do a function without disagreements. Can't get together and start a business without the, You don't want to know why? Because deep at the essence of it, everybody's thinking for self. That's a fucking reality. I don't care what anybody says. They might come in on the surface with the intent like they're trying to do something in a unified form, but at the end of the day, it's all about self. And then people don't grasp and well, why everything we set out to do turns to shit. That's why. Because of that, that natural innate emotion resides in all of us. Now, remember, it's set up here. One must discipline themselves, though, with that passion. The problem is some let it consume and overtake them. And they don't know how to, because remember, we're going to get into now towards the bottom here, how to take, like Ravana Noon said earlier, those weaknesses and make them your strengths. That's the difference. Not just, it's not saying go out on an all-greed, self-destructive, and, 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 and just completely destroy and annihilate everybody in your way. That's not what it's saying. It's saying be able to take that same energy and be able to reverse that. That's what it means when it says control others, okay? So we're trying, we're trying, we're trying to debunk, you know, all the myths that you might hear or that the, or the actual movie, like Lafonden said, it's not about fucking uh, red, red light swords uh, beaming from your wrist and, and all that. That's the fictional part of it. We're talking about the literal al- alchemy aspect of this that you can apply on an everyday level. So this is important to understand. So anybody that thinks that they're a do-gooder, and we got a lot of them, you know, they, they, you know, they're all natural and, 
you know, they meditate every day in nature and they're in tune with the sun and, you know, they do, they do yoga three to four days a week and, you know, and they run through fucking grass fields butt naked. You know, they're very peaceful people, very loving, peaceful people. You know, they chant and, you know, they do the fucking all mantras all the time. It's very easy to bring out that passion in them, real fucking easy. All you got to do is put them in the right situation and condition and all that shit goes right out the window. All that kumbaya shit gone, boom, and the flash of a pan is done. Let me okay. let me give an example as well. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever seen this movie. If not, check it out. It's called The Belko Experiment. It was out in the theaters uh, a couple months ago. And basically in that movie, they take people, they put them in a building, they all think they're working for somebody, and all of a sudden, all the windows and doors shut, and they come out and they announce that unless you kill 20 people, all of you will die. Hmm. Now, what happens at the very situation? If you don't kill 20, then 200 die. Well, of course, you had this struggle in the movie where you saw the fluffy guys and the fluffy people. It's wrong to kill people. It's not right to do that. We shouldn't do that. Then you had the other people that was like, look, fuck that. You're going to have to sacrifice 20 to protect the masses. Because if you don't sacrifice those 20, then all of us take, get taken out, okay? Well, long story short, when you watch the movie, you'll see the end result of what happens when people are put in that situation, like Beniti uh, was explaining. When you actually are put in a situation like that, the very unthinkable will come out of you. The very unimaginable will come out of you because if you have to survive, your self-preservation instinct will kick in. One of the first rudimentary uh, uh, forces that we have within us is self-preservation. That's one of the first basic things that all humans have been endowed with since birth, is to preserve your own existence. If you don't think so, and you put two babies on one breast to suck the milk, one of them is going to fight you to get that milk before the other one. You can see it in puppies and kittens when they are milking that kitten. They will fight for that same breast. There's eight other breasts, but they're fighting for one of them, okay? That's that self-preservation kicking in. So you have to understand that when a person is super fluffy and, and everything has to be lovely and let's just hold hands and be beautiful, that person is easily rattled or agitated when they're taken out of their environment that they're so used to and put into an environment that is now uh, not conducive to, to their surroundings or what they've been accustomed to, you will see that that person is full of shit nine times out of ten and that they only are like that because it's a veil or costume they put on to seem so spacey or acceptable or superiorly loving. Um, you have these fucking idiots out here debating each other, nature boy and fucking, I mean, this shit is just, it's retarded, dude. Okay, first of all, nature boy out there in some fucking thongs, um, you know, and, and nature running around like he's just like superior nature man and, you understand, he has the force of nature working with him. Oh, and then, I mean, it's just, it's just stupidity, okay? But what you have to understand is that this is what sells. 
our people love to be entertained. They don't like to be challenged. They don't like to have to focus on what their own bullshit is. And so when we discuss conversations or, or topics of this nature, we're, we're bringing it out for a reason because everybody in here has a dark side, but most people do not encounter or are afraid to go into it. In order for you to become powerful, there is no other alternative or choice but to face your own dark side. You have to do it. You can, you can run. You can hide under a rock. Where can you go where your dark side is not at? It's always there and will always be there. However, what is it that you're so afraid of to see? What are you so afraid to hear about yourself? Is it, is it your phobias that are going to come out? Is it your, your uh, program conditioning? Or is it some sick, twisted shit that's going to come out of you that you didn't know exists? Are you afraid of that? And if so, when are you going to encounter it in order to master it? Because otherwise than that, anything you suppress, anything that you repress, will only consistently persist within your life. And the longer it sits there and the longer you try to push it down and away and hide it, the more chances you take for that powder keg to explode and you to do something really stupid and really controversial that can end you in a super, super effed up situation because you're refusing to face yourself. So understand, when a person is put in that situation, the unthinkable will usually come out of them. Mm. Excellent point. All right, so let's go to the next part of this. All right, uh, so we, we, we see that dispels that myth, okay? All right, then it goes on to say, uh, conversely, despite their denial, and when we're using the Jedi, as we're reading from this grand book of Seth, that would be your right side of people. Can be capable of great hatred and apathy. Nobody's perfect in light or dark. That's where we left off. There's only the individual in what they do or don't. It should be noted that ripples may also bounce off and back into the source that sent it out in the first place. So proper foresight must be applied before one takes any action that may be detrimental to oneself. All actions, good or bad, have reactions, consequences. So before you act, observe all possible repercussions. Of course, you may argue that the Jedi also seek to uncover knowledge to improve the self, right? This is your conscious community people now. They're, they're really, they represent the Jedi in this, right? Whatever you say, you know, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to raise myself up to be a god. You, know, you hear all these terms people use, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to master myself. That's my favorite. Uh, the first time anybody ever says that to me, they'll go, they'll say, hey, I'm trying to master myself. And I'll say, well, uh, explain to me in detail. What methods are you doing to master yourself? Well, you know, I'm studying. You know, I get the, I get the mundane shit. I'm studying uh, such and such. Okay, I didn't, I, I didn't ask for, you know, very not direct to the point answer. What in particular are you doing to master yourself? Okay, we all read. We all study. I get that point, but what, what exactly are you doing? Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm control. This is what, this is what this is talking about here. Okay. Everybody says they're, they're trying to uncover knowledge to improve themselves. Okay. So how would that make that different 
from talking about the Sith and the dark side and the Sith code and Sith philosophy. Because the difference is you've got an actual formula of how you're trying to improve yourself. Not just some scattered shit where you're all over the place saying you're studying and you're meditating and, and you're, you're reading and you're, 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 you know, you're doing this and you're doing that. First and foremost, it's got to start with self. And, and the Sith philosophy is just a simple formula, first and foremost, that starts with an inner awareness. Because first and foremost, if there's no recognition aspect on the, on the path to self-improvement, then nothing's going to work. What I mean when I said a minute ago, when you're scattered in all over the place, that's the problem with a lot of people. They have no foundation. So they're in this. They're dabbling in that. They're over here. They're to the left. And they're over there to the right. And they're in the fucking middle. And they're all over the goddamn place. And you don't see no steady improvement in them. You know, again, on the outside, it looks good. You know, they got on cultural attire. They smell good. You know, they're saying all the right African words and all that stuff. But when you look at it in essence, there's no improvement. So how can you be on the path to self-improvement? I've said this before. If you've been doing something for years, right, I always tell somebody this. If you've been whatever it is you've been for years spiritually and you can't see a drastic improvement, then it's time to get out and change, okay? And I'm not talking about, again, consistency or stagnation. That's not improvement because some people confuse, well, I've been doing this for 20 solid years. You know, and uh, you know everything's good, and I haven't had any problems. I didn't ask if you had any, didn't have any fucking problems. I'm saying, can you go back over that 20 years and see consistent, improving results? Now, hey, if you can, you can. I ain't gonna knock that. I don't care if you're a fucking um, Buddhist, and 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 you can see all grown up spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically, and financially. Then maybe you're approaching it different than some other Buddhists. But if you get the results, people say, well, what should I do? Remember what it said up here. The dark side or the force is determined by what you do and don't do. There's your answer. When I keep getting fucking emails, people keep emailing, where do I begin? Is this the right or wrong thing to do? I said, the right thing to do is whatever gets you results. It's that simple. See, they don't want that answer. People want this long, drawn-out, you see, you're very spiritual and special. See, what's happening is, but see, they want that answer. Because they want their ego to be stroked. See, I don't give you that answer. See, they get frustrated when you get a simple, straight-to-the-point answer. Do whatever it is you need to do to get results. That's what you should be doing. There is no book. There is no manual. There is no uh, instruction uh, video that you can sit down and watch of how to be successful in the occult. Okay? That's based on what it said up here. What you do and don't do. Real simple. If you're unsure of something, don't do it. Just said that right there. If you have a burning passion and desire to do something, but then you say, here's real simple, how to know if you should do, do or not do something. If you have a burning passion and desire to do something, and then another voice kicks in after that and, and, and might be trying to second guess that, but then the burning passion and desire still kicks in over that, guess what you should be doing? See, what I'm trying to tell you is people make shit more complicated than it actually is. These are the people that struggle. Everything is a fucking science. You ever know that? We all know that one person that nothing is ever simple with them. It's always a fucking science project. From, the, from something so simple as taking care of a minor task, it's always a major, major blown-out production. 
That is a reflection of what's going on in the inside of an individual. Watch closely on the outside because the behaviors, the actions, the mannerisms, that is a reflection of what's going on in the inside. Like Ravana Noon, like you just saying a few minutes ago, some people will bury themselves in and put up a veil of, you know, we all know that, we all know, we, we all at least know one person that's so spiritual and cultural, they just get a sick to our fucking stomach. We want to puke just by the very sight of them because everything is a lafia and, you know, and everything is African and, you know, it's just so, it's so nauseating to the point where you just want to puke. Usually the person that goes to the extreme like that is, mad, is, is bathing themselves in that and just completely smothering themselves in that because there's something, there's some fear about themselves <clears throat> they're running from. Yeah, they're hiding the most, usually. Exactly. And that's a problem. That's why you know a, a Sith or anybody on this adept of the black arts knows we use the signs of the pendulum. There's times where you swing to the right, times you've got to swing to the left. You understand, but always stay in the middle. The master that's gotten the pendulum is the one that always can stay centered when need be. But as it said here, there's times where you've got to shift certain ways more than other ways. But that's part of the learning curve. That's part of the learning process. But what happens is some people want to just shift to the right all the time. They want to, they want to meditate and be holy, and they want to be spiritual. And usually I've said before, most people, I'm not saying all, most people that are like that, I, I hate to say it, usually nine out of ten times I find they're broke. Their lives are a, a fucking hot mess. Uh, usually, you know, they're living in their mother's basement or some crazy shit like that, and they're using that spiritual shit to justify why they're not successful in the real world. That's a fucking reality. I don't care what anybody says. Just look at most of these highly spiritual people. There's no economic plan when it, when it comes to that. We've talked about this before. Then you got your other people. Okay, there's the flip side to this. You have a lot of people that are very financially successful, but there's still something lacking. They're miserable. There's still there's something, there's a void there that they can't fill because they figured out the physical part of it. They're making money, and some of them even have everything you can desire and want in life, but there's still something lacking and missing. They, too, have not found that center point or being self-centered. A real Sith is self-centered, okay, in the words and essence of what it really means. Not what you know on the surface, oh, you're a self-centered piece of shit. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about literally being self-centered. See, there's a, there's a trick in a play on words phonetically, and it's hard to break that, you know, projected image of how these things have been thrown at us for years. So you have to look at this in a broad spectrum, okay? We continue on here. I want to finish this. And, I, I, and, and really, look, we've been building on this, and there's three fucking paragraphs. It'd be here all night building on this shit. All right, then it goes on to say, um, of course you may argue, we, we went there. the answer is simple, Jedi seeks wisdom and understanding from only safe sources, one-sided sources, seeking to amplify one part of the self while ignoring or attempting to bury the other. You see this here? These are your people you run into that if, you're, if your ideology is not in line with, with the books that they read, the people that they study under, then, oh, my God, it's got to be wrong. 
Oh, wait a minute. Phil Valentine didn't say that? Oh, no, I, I can't accept that. Oh, Dr. York didn't say that? Oh, no, no, it can't be right. Oh, Farrakhan didn't say that? Oh, no, no, there's no way. These are these people. You understand? Because they are, are programmed, to use the term here, one-sided sources or safe sources. I want to stress the word safe in this particular situation because, like you just said a few minutes ago, Rabbanon, when you get somebody out of their comfort zone, something that somebody's been doing for so long, they get rattled. I know brothers like this. I know many brothers in the nation of Islam for years. Some still there, 25, 30 years, and their fear of even stepping outside of that realm is beyond their comprehension. This is what this is talking about. So they play it safe. And here's the reason why. The answer is simple. Because they are ignoring a part of themselves that they're attempting to bury. Do you understand that? Confirming everything we were just talking about. They are trying or attempting to bury something about themselves. They're trying to ignore. You can't do it. Sith seek knowledge in all aspects of the world and conversively all aspects of the self. A Sith seeks to know about all facets of their individuality, all facets. How can you know how much you can love until you understand the depths of your hate? Oh, shit. Oh, that's shit. Too, that's too powerful, brother. You're going to be back. for that. No, no, no. Let's back the fuck up right now. Now, I always ask this question for the last 15 years. You could even pull, I could even pull you some old DVDs. I used to ask people, what is true love? Because of this right here. What is love? Right, I got all different types of answers. Well, you know, love is caring and sharing. Love is being one with the universe. Okay, no, it's not. You have many forms of love. You can love a fucking car. You can yeah. love your son or your daughter. You can love your husband, your wife, or your spouse. You can love your children, right? You can love a certain food. I love cheesecake. You can love a piece of jewelry, right? That's not what real love is. Okay, none of that is real love. Real love can't even be put in the words. Okay, it is actually, I don't want to use the word emotion, but it is actually a state of mind that one is able to tap into that can't be put into words. Now, let me give you an example. It said here, how can you, under, the reason why I'm saying that is because of what it just said here. How can you understand the true definition or significance or meaning of love if you have not explored the depths of your hate. And you're taught that, oh, I just said, if you caught what I said at the very beginning of the show, hate can be a productive energy if used correctly, right? What do I mean by that? If your tooth is killing you, right, ain't it productive to hate a fucking toothache? I hate this fucking toothache. I wish it would go away, right? Hate can be productive. You have to explore all the aspects of it. Now, hate can be unproductive if you're wrongfully attacking people for absolutely no particular reason that is suitable to self. So remember it said up here earlier, be careful when you set out to put things into practice of the consequences and the repercussions of your actions. So if you're just saying, if you're just going to innocently going to go sneak up on somebody and blindside them just out of pure ignorance, that's a whole different ball game. But if you know somebody, here's the difference now. Pay attention to this. 
if you have a problem with somebody, right, and you want to just run up on them, and people do this, and usually it never turns out well for them in the end, and you just want to run up on them out of your own personal greed and hatred, the wrong type of hatred here, okay, and say take them out, there's repercussions to that. I'm not saying it's wrong or right, but the difference is if you know somebody set out to harm you and then you put a plan into motion, that's a whole different ballgame. That's a different type of hate because one must experience that hate because then that hate, is it? Okay, let me give you another example so people ain't getting confused. I always use this, I always use this metaphor. And I get I get fucked up answers to this. If there's a drug dealer in a neighborhood, I love I love doing this one. I've done this one for 15, 20 years now. And this drug dealer is selling drugs in the neighborhood and poisoning and killing kids. Right? Kids are dying left and right. Somebody in the neighborhood decides that they're going to do something about it, and they go take that drug dealer out and they kill him. Is that wrong or right? I'm gonna let y'all I'm gonna let y'all marinate on that for five seconds. Is that wrong or is that right? Okay, some people are going to say, yeah, did a good thing. Destroyed, he destroyed, uh, or took somebody out in the neighborhood that was poisoning the kids. Then you're going to have some people that are going to say the flip side, like killing, killing is wrong. Okay, again, got to go back up to what it said here at the top. It's about what you do and don't do, okay? Bottom line is to those that didn't do, it's going to appear wrong. To those that did, it's going to appear right, which puts the whole concept of right and wrong straight the fuck out the window. It's not, it has nothing to do with that. It's about perception, okay? You might perceive it as being wrong, but the other person is perceiving it being right because they believe they eliminated something that was maybe not proper or wrong. So how can you stand on a principle is it wrong because that person hated that person because they were killing innocent children? So are you saying that that's the same type of hate that drove that individual to kill that person? Are you saying that's the same identical hate that, say, somebody would use as this individual had to hate if he had no problem selling drugs or poison to kids, Right? So you need to ask yourself the question, what really is love and what really is hate? There's a famous song that was out years ago, right? Everybody heard it. There's a thin line between love and hate, right? Everybody heard that term, right? Where does the hate end and the love begin and vice versa? Where does the love hate and the end? Where does the love end and the hate begin? What I'm trying to tell you is there's no difference. Remember, let's go back up, okay? The force, okay? It does not resonate with the dark side, okay? It is inescapable, irrefutable, and intoxicating. The dark side represents to me that which I do not know about myself as well as the world, that which is hidden, that which is dark. All knowledge is dark until uncovered by the curious mind, okay? I mean, I don't know how many times that needs to be put into practice But this is why people also get caught up in their personal morality. Okay? This I mean, if this is not explaining it, I don't know what will. You understand? Because see, we've done two shows on this. This is the third one. 
we're going a little more in depth on this one because sometimes this is a spiritual system that is hard for people to grasp. It really is. They struggle with it because it can come off as being, oh, man, that sounds very harsh. Well, what did it say here? It's gonna, it's, you're going to be put into that state of being shook because you must uncover all of this. You must be exposed to all of this in order to take what you think is harsh or what you're conceptualizing as being incorrect. Now you must ask yourself, what is incorrect about it? Now the true answers will start to come to the surface. What's incorrect about it? Why? Because you were raised a certain way? Because yep. you studied a certain <laughs> That's why. Studied... Yeah. Let me, let, me, yeah. Let, me, yeah. let me say this. Um, because I've asked people many times this. Okay, we're quick to judge people. Let's say people who've killed, you know, uh, murder, things like that. And I was walking with an individual who actually um, had a life sentence. Uh, he got out. Some shit turned around. But I asked him, I said, well, what made you do it? He said, until you understand my rage, I really can't give you an answer. Now, I use that to say that as what Benidi is sharing with you and what the uh, <clears throat> Grand Book of Fifth says, you really do not, not do not know what love really is until you understand hate. Well, that goes for anything. All paradoxes, as the as uh, the laws of Tahuti or the principles of Tahuti say, all paradoxes will be reconciled. You have to, in order to really understand the depths of knowledge, wisdom, understanding, or anything else. You have to understand what it is to actually experience both sides. If you've ever been married, anybody listen to show relationships or what, or live with somebody, you can love that person, look at them one day, love them, and next day you can't stand the sight out of them. You just fucking just you can't stand them. You hate that motherfucker that day, and then you still in that very moment of hate find that compassion and caring for that person then you'll start to understand what it is to really fucking care for somebody. I'm not going to mm-hmm. use the word love. I'm not going to use the word love because I think people have to understand and understand what it's like to care before they really know what it's like to love. Oh, Even shit, after, back up. Oh, shit, yeah. back up. Say that again. I think that people really have to understand what it's like to care before they can really understand what love is or isn't. You first have to learn to care, what I, like I just said. If you can look at that person and love them one minute or care about everything about that person one minute and the next minute, everybody who's been in relationships knows you've done this before. Next minute, you can't stand them. You can't stand the sight of that fucker. You don't want to do shit with them. You don't care about hanging out with them. You just want to just fucking smack them and just keep walking. But in that very moment where you're feeling like that, you still find how much you care for them then you're starting to even uh, reach the threshold of what caring is really all about before you even start to understand what love really is. We have to understand that when we go into the Sith concept, we're making a bold statement by saying we're shaking your world. You may not like us after this show. You may not have liked us in any show. I really don't give a shit. What I'm saying is that this is going to shape, shake your foundation 
your beliefs, and everything about yourself. If you really want to understand, start looking at your own paradoxes. Start looking about all the shit you love about yourself. Stop digging all that shit up about yourself. Start looking at all the shit you don't like about yourself. Then what do you do about it? Don't tell me, well, you know, I discovered I'm, I'm a hypocrite. I'm Okay, so what the fuck are you doing about it? That's good that you discovered it, but when you discover it, do you just leave it there? Or do you fucking do something about the situation? Because you could, too far I've heard people say, well, I discovered this. And then I ask them, what are you doing about it? They have no fucking reply. It's like they went blank. They don't even understand the question. It's like, well, what do you mean? Yeah, what I mean is you're supposed to be on this path if you claim to be on this path to challenge yourself. So how are you challenging yourself if you find out you're a hypocrite? Huh? What are you doing to challenge that hypocrite part of yourself? Okay, because if you find it and you leave it there, you really have not progressed or grown at all. You just discovered something. Shit, a miner can discover gold. That doesn't mean he did something with it. You have to do something about it. Sith alchemy is that very essence on how to take your dark side and transform it into something that can empower you to accomplish the unmanageable in your mind. What you least suspect that you could accomplish, Sith Alchemy takes you into that darkness to learn how to accomplish that. But in order to do that, in order to reach that point, you have to understand that love and hate and all these other emotions we have, how they really operate, you got to stop trying to control it. I hear people say, oh, I don't want to get in a relationship because I don't want to get hurt. Well, fucking drop out of life then, buddy. Because guess what? Once you say I don't want to get hurt, so I don't stay, I don't get in relations. You just, you just basically coward. You're coward. You're cowering out of life, and you're trying to run from life because you're now saying I don't want to experience no more hurt. So you just quit. You understand now? When you bring that reality a person, it's something they usually don't want to face. But the reality is. You're running because you're a quitter. So if you're a quitter, you have to face that reality about yourself. You're a fucking failure and you're a quitter. What do you do about this shit? Are you going to keep running and painting a picture that you're, you know, some super spiritual, uh, mystical, you know, uh, fairy, and you have fairy dust and you just sprinkle it over it and everything is going to be fine? Or are you going to realize that you're full of shit Now, what do I do about that? People are afraid to deal with the Sith alchemy that we present on the show because now you've got nowhere to hide because you are facing your shit and you've got to face every part of it, the love, the hate, and anything that sits in between that you're not dealing with. It's going to come out, and it will come out. But when it comes out, are you going to be that pussy or you're going to be a strong soldier and face that shit with strength and determination. For those who went through the initiation, you now understand what it's like to have will and determination. Okay? Mm-hmm. You're understanding the basic level of what it's like to have will and determination. You are now able to translate that, hopefully, are now able to translate that into your personal life and say, you know what? 
if I can make it through this journey, and it's just an, a small journey, but it's a symbolic journey of what your mind can accomplish, then what can you not do if you mm. focus on that will and determination and bring that shit out? Problem yep. is, if I'm afraid to face the darkness, if I'm afraid to face my fears, my phobias, my hang-ups, my, my uh, insecurities, then where, uh, where do I really think I'm going to go in this life that those things won't keep popping up and creeping up to debilitate what I'm trying to accomplish? You know, there's this method when, when you really go into certain information, there's this method that they, they do in, in some of their sorcery or alchemy. And one of those methods is to learn how to bind, bind a spirit. Now, people are like, well, what do you mean bind it? Well, what they do is they find spirits or information or energy that has the knowledge they need to empower themselves. But the problem is, like, he, like Benedi said earlier, is that the Jedi use safe information. Whereas the Sith will go to the, the depths of the abyss to get information that is necessary to empower themselves. And some of that information releases a bunch of shit about yourself, demons and, and, and pains and traumas, all this shit. But they don't play it safe. The reason why they don't play it safe is because to them, knowledge has no borders, boundaries, limitations, or definitions of what is or is not considered to be safe knowledge or good knowledge or right knowledge. You understand? Because to them, to face yourself, sometimes you have to go to the, the shit that is told to you not to do. For example, what is forbidden knowledge? Well, according to the Sith, whatever is forbidden for you to do is the very thing you should be doing because that forbidden knowledge has the information that you need to uncover that now that what's necessary. That's why it was called forbidden in the first place. Exactly, um, and that's that's an excellent point. Um, you can't like you always hear us say on here. This is not a pathway you can straddle the fence or play safe. That I'm telling you, big mistake. Um, unfortunately, you know we know people. Uh, over the years that have done that. And the best thing I can say to describe the state that they're in now, stagnation. Uh, best thing I can say. It's you're wasting your time. And in other cases where it's more severe, people take steps backwards because it, this is not how it works. You can't, you can't progress forward in this path trying, trying to half-step it because it's just it's, you're wasting your own time first and foremost. And depending on your current situation, mentally, emotionally, uh, it can make things a lot worse. As it said here, be careful when practicing some of these principles because Ravana Noon was talking about something earlier. If you're setting out to do, when you're second-guessing yourself, if you're setting out to do something, uh, you, you might as well just stop. There should be no second-guessing when doing anything on this path. Now, it takes a certain point to get your mind you know, up to that level or state. I'm not saying that shit ain't going to happen overnight. Don't, you know, don't nobody fool you. 
I'm talking more so for, for people that, you know, might just have started out in this path and, and, and are recent on it. Um, it's a different, it's a the whole, you know, different outlook. So this, again, here is not about being like, you know, symbolically the Jedi and just dealing with safe information, as it says here, safe sources, one-sided sources, right? Here's another sickness that we have amongst ourselves as people. Then we got another group of us who belong to these organizations and these groups, and they've been programmed and conditioned to think that their particular group or organization has the ultimate truth and anything else outside of that is false and incorrect. These are even more sick and deranged mentally people. These would be, quote, unquote, let's say, your Nuwapians or your black Hebrew Israelites, right? I use those two groups as an example because they literally believe that anybody who doesn't accept information outside of what they teach, either one is not going to be a part of any type of salvation bullshit or some fucking alien ships ain't going to come back for them and all this other rhetoric and nonsense. And usually at the core of them, there's usually one central character or figure that is the divine ruler. Uh, you know, the Hebrew Israelites, they have a whole, they have a whole, uh, yeah, I, I got to tell you a sidebar about that, but they have a whole, uh, with this one person, I mean, Hebrew Israelites have their branches of them. And usually over each one, they have, some some head high priest slash ruler. You know, this is another sickness we have as people. And you know what that is? Subconsciously, we're so fucking lazy that we think if we just get into some organization that somebody else is going to be the byproduct and responsible, quote unquote, to get you wherever it is you think you need to go, whether it's fucking heaven or the fucking planet risk or the mothership or wherever you think... You're so fucking deranged and lazy that rather than you take the time to master yourself, nah, fuck it. I'm just going to become part of some group because they're promising eternal life and salvation. So all I need to do is get in the group, be a card-carrying member, you understand, follow all the rules and regulations, do everything I'm supposed to do, and guess what? There's going to be some great reward for me in the end. How the fuck is that different than any religion? How does that differ from a Christian that goes to church? It doesn't. Okay, it's just packaged. It's repackaged in a different way. That's it. It's just dipped in chocolate, as I like to say. Okay? What do I mean dipped in chocolate? Well, basically what the black Hebrew Israelites did was they took the white man's Bible and fucking came up with this bullshit-ass story that King James was black, and then they dipped everybody in fucking chocolate. Okay? That's all that shit is. And then they get angry when you want to talk to them. Why I don't even waste my time talking to those ignorant bastards is because they don't want to talk about anything outside of the Bible. So you're wasting your time. Why you want to sit there and talk to somebody that is not going to accept anything outside of that fictitious book? Because they're stuck in there. Let them stay back in the Middle Ages. You're wasting your time and energy. See, a Sith wouldn't even waste their time and energy with somebody like that. What we would do is suck the fucking life out of them, which is real simple to do. That's a whole other fucking story. Okay, you got to learn to take that same passion they got, because that's a form of vampirism, and learn to suck that energy out of them. Oh, Not shit. shit. Yeah, that's a whole other story. We ain't going to get into that tonight. You can literally do that when you're conversating with somebody. Literally. Literally do that when you're conversating with somebody. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, you open it, it in. Yep. 
You're opening the door, buddy. That's a whole nother that's a whole nother aspect. So you get to a point in this where that stuff that stuff is just completely irrelevant. But we have that group of people amongst us that are suffering from what I call Messiahitis. Okay? And we mentioned this before in the past. Messiahitis. All what is it with American Negroes that they want somebody to save them and they don't want to do anything for themselves? I'm, I'm not understanding that concept. Look, I'm going to tell you this, bottom line. Okay, you might find out the hard way, and hopefully you don't. There's one, let me say this, there's nothing coming back for you. All right, let's get that out the way right now. There is no spaceships coming back for you. I don't give a shit how much UFO, extraterrestrial, or not. I'm not saying life forms outside of this galaxy don't exist. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that people have even taken the UFOism bullshit and religion, made it religion. Okay, that is exactly what I'm saying. So I'm telling you this, and I stand behind this. Ain't nothing coming back for you. And why do you automatically assume if they were to come back? Let me, let me show you how fucked up human beings are. Why do you think you're so special? Did you ever think maybe they're coming back to kill your ass? Why does all these people in the extraterrestrials think that these things are coming back to because they're coming back for them to save them? No. Nothing's coming back for you. There is no Jesus coming out of the sky. There's no fucking, ain't going to be nobody coming out of the sky in a diaper that's going to be coming to help you and, and the rapture and all fictitious. Not, it's not happening. There are no Egyptian deities coming for you. None, there's nothing coming for you. Stop the bullshit that something is coming you, for you. What do you mean? Heru's not my lord and savior? What are you talking about? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my savior. He's about as much as your lord and savior as the tooth fairy is. He's about as real as the tooth fairy. Okay. See, this is a, this is another sickness because people cannot phantom the idea that falls upon themselves. It's that simple. What do you mean? See, we talked about it before. There's many Heyrus, right? But you want to focus on the last incarnation of Heyru, the one that you read about in the text. Heyru is a title. Many people bore the title Heyru or Horus. When they were elevated and raised to a certain level of knowledge, they became a Heru. They became a Ra. They became an Anupa. We went over this before. People can't phantom that. But you literally want to take that archetype title and you want to single it out. There was only one specific Heru. There was one specific Ra. There was only one Shango. Well, if that's the case and you're in Ifa, why are there multiple paths to all the Orishi? Yep. Nobody ever gives me an answer to that. The Orishi don't have one path. They have many manifestations of that archetype. Yep. And each path represents a certain energy. Look, and let each, me, let me, yeah. Let yeah. me say this real quick. Uh, for those who missed it, it is almost symbolic of, let's say, you're a worshipful master or grandmaster of a lodge. And every year or every two years, however your lodge works it, three, five years, whatever, there's a new worshipful master. Well, each time that person takes the title, it's logged down, and sometimes right. pictures, pictures are taken and everything else. I come That's 100 right. years later, and I look, and I say, You see, there's many oh, grandmasters. Right. There was many grandmasters, but this grandmaster seemed to be greater than all of them according to the information they taught or whatever, whatever. So I grab onto that one, and then everybody holds onto that one, but they forget. There was 100 of those grandmasters before That's that correct. one. And that's correct. basically what a Heiru, a Tahuti, all these titles were. They were titles in, in um, 
uh, given to a person who had raised themselves to the next level of consciousness that they can embody the representation of what that title or archetype represented. It's nothing spooky about it. It is nothing super mystical about it. It is just you raising yourself in levels of consciousness so that you could obtain and hold a title for a time to be, and during that time you pass on knowledge and information, and then next, here comes the next person. That's it. There's nothing else more to it. <laughs> That's it. I want to tell you this real quick sideboard conversation. I had muted myself earlier. You, you, you want to know how that game ended? Did you see the end? Mm. No. Second and third, two outs, three to one. Sanchez hit a single. Ellsbury got thrown out at the plate to end the game. What a prick. And he shouldn't have sent them. The ball was hit shallow. It was bad, bad, bad call. Yeah, what a uh, prick. fucking real. Anyway, yeah, 3-2. Anyway, it's a whole other story. But, yeah, uh, good point. Um, I'm going to finish with this last section. Damn, I ain't know this much time went by. Uh, real quick, yep. a couple quick announcements before we're going to finish this last section, then we'll take some calls. Uh, we're definitely going to revisit this because all the stuff we've been building on, guess how much, guess how much, I didn't even get through one page. Yep. We, we've, been build, we've been building on three paragraphs for the last, I don't know how long. Uh, but real quick, a couple quick announcements. Uh, just a reminder, next week there will not be a show next Thursday uh, due to the fact that we have a, a ritual the following um, night. Uh, like we said last month, when we do uh, a ritual, we're not going to do a show the night before due to, due to the fact that uh, preparation and, and travel and things of that nature, it just, uh, you know, just becomes too much. So we'll send a reminder out. We'll post it on the Facebook page. Uh, if you are on the email or the text list, We'll also send a reminder out uh, next Thursday. Uh, so, again, just a reminder, no show next Thursday. Uh, we'll be back uh, the following Thursday after that, which I believe is the 25th, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we'll be back on the air on May 25th. Um, also next week, Invocation of the Holy Death. Uh, just a reminder, just to go over a couple quick things. Dress code, fairly simple. Unfortunately, we get that one straggler or two that cannot follow the rules. Uh, it's either attire real simple, all black robe or all black attire, excluding no shorts, T-shirts, or jeans. Now, you're more than welcome to put that stuff on after the ritual is over. You can bring it and change afterwards, but you cannot wear that stuff for the ritual, okay? Just want to be clear on that. Real simple rules to follow, not complicated. We're all, we're all grown folks. I'm sure we can come. Please. Uh, this is also important. This is not a type of ritual, just like the last one. It's not the type of ritual you can just pop up while the ritual is going on. You need to get there on time so you can get prepared. Um, it's not, per se, like an igun ceremony when we're drumming and you can just kind of come in when you come in. It's not that type of uh, ritual slash ceremony. So, so please, uh, let's uh, you know, get there on time. Uh, we know some people on CPT time. Um, that's another... Thing we need to get over. Um, please, if you don't, 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 don't call. I mean, the day of, I get such ridiculous ass questions and texts. No, you cannot bring your children. Okay, I got like three, four texts last time. This is not an event that you can bring your children. Okay, uh, so let's get that out of the way. Um, I understand and I appreciate the sincerity to some of the people that texted me that last month. I know you, 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 you really want to come, and I, and I get that, but no, there's not, not a place for children for that particular event or this one here. 
Um, so that's going to be on uh, the 19th, next Friday, 7.30 at Cultural Expressions. The next day we're going to do a class on deconstruction and reconstruction. We're going to go a little bit more in depth than we went uh, if you were listening to the show. That's going to be the following day, the 20th. We've changed it. That's also going to be at Cultural Expressions. I know the flyer says Sophia's Garden, uh, but that will be at Cultural Expressions due to the fact that I, uh, I think they had something booked there, so we're not going to have it there. Uh, so both events will be at Cultural Expressions. Again, I know the flyer says Sophia's Garden. Disregard that. I'm not going to redo the flyer. I will when I resend out uh, reminders. I'll, I'll make a note of that in the reminder. Um, so that's the 19th and the 20th. 20th. Now, tomorrow night, if you are in the area, uh, whether you're local or not, you're more than welcome. Uh, we will be drumming on the beach tomorrow night in Pompano Beach, uh, which is located in North Fort Lauderdale. Uh, it's Atlantic Boulevard and A1A. Uh, real simple instructions to get there, I-95. Uh, get off at Atlantic Boulevard. Just head east all the way to the end, and you'll cross right over A1A, right into the parking lot of the beach. Real simple. Um, anybody's welcome to come to that event. Yes, you can bring children to that event. No problem for that. Uh, we kind of just kick it, play drums, hang out, socialize a little bit, talk, dance. Uh, afterward, when it's over, we go right up the street to, uh, oh man, I got I to tell you the spot, off the chain, Dandy Donuts, right up the street. Um, we go there and we uh, chill out over there for a little bit and just, you know, get a donut. Yes, we do eat fucking donuts. You ain't going to go to hell. Motherfuckers, you shouldn't eat sugar. It's going to kill you. Well, then don't fucking come. If you don't want to eat donuts and, and you're fucking, you're a vegetarian and shit and you can't smell fucking uh, dairy, then just, just keep your ass uh, wherever, wherever the hell you go. Uh, no, somebody's type no dress code on the beach. Come as you are. You can wear shorts. Come comfortable. Uh, the flyer, if you didn't get the flyer, I can send you the flyer. Uh, bring a beach chair. If you're going to want to sit down, there is, you know, it's on the beach. Bring your own water, whatever it is. If you want to bring your own little snacks and refreshments, uh, that's fine too. Uh, so now we're not providing shit for you. Uh, provide that for yourself. Um, it is on the flyer. Uh, bring chairs uh, if you do want to sit down. If not, you're going to be standing up. Um, if you are a drummer and you play instruments, feel free to bring that too. Okay? Bring, bring, bring that if you play. Uh, we'll have some hand instruments there. If you have little hand instruments, you can bring those. Um, and then, you know, that's pretty much it. That's tomorrow night, uh, 7.30 to about 10 o'clock. You know, we do it for about an hour and a half, two hours. Um, and again, it's just an event just to kick back. It's not, not any particular, uh, structure to organize the event or anything of that nature. Um, just some drumming. Uh, last time it was a little windy. There was a couple other things we couldn't do. Uh, we're going to add a, a few more implements to this one. Uh, we were trying to strike up spark up some incense and set up a little thing. We couldn't do it because it was too damn windy. Um, but we will should be able to do that tomorrow because it uh, looks like the weather will be a lot better than it was last time. Even though it was a little windy and crazy out there last time, you know, we still had people showed up. So, And I know we got some uh, other people, a couple people from out of town uh, coming and, and mostly locals. But, again, if you're local or not, it's irrelevant. Anybody's welcome to come. Uh, and, and bring some drums there. And, again, there is no dress code. Dress however you see fit. And shit, if you don't want to wear anything at all, you can do that too. That's entirely up to you. Um, that's your personal business. Um, so there is no dress code. Um, any, any information on those events, if you'd like the flyers for any of them, khnum19 at gmail.com, khnum19 at gmail.com, and we will send you over the flyers for any one of those three events uh, for tomorrow and 
for next week. Um, and again, no no show uh, next week on the 18th. Uh, we'll send a reminder out. All right. So the last thing I want to do real quick, and then we'll take a couple some calls. I want to finish this last paragraph. I at least want to get this one page out of the way. All right. So. Uh, a Sith seeks to know all about the facets of their individuality is where we left off. How can you know how much you can love until you understand the depths of your hate? We just went over that. How can you appreciate either without full knowledge of them? What do we always say in the doctrine of indulgence? How do you know if you, if you really un- understand whether you like something, if it's for or not for you, if you don't experiment or try it? You know what I mean? Now, let me, let me give an example. If you say you don't want to do something because you're 100% certain that you don't want to do it and you have no interest, that's one thing. But if you're doing it, if you're saying you have no interest just out of complete fear and you're afraid, then that's a whole nother level. Then there's something that's burning within you you're not addressing. It's different. So let me give you an example. Some people are going to say, I, just don't, I have no desire to try spinach. I'm just going to give you an example. I just, it just looks nasty. I don't want to fuck with it. Then you can say, well, okay. Try it to see if you really like it. Well, you might already know before you tried it, it was gross and you didn't like it, and then say you tried it. I'm going to give you an example. I'm using a food metaphor. Now when you try it, and say you tried it, you got the taste, and now after you got the taste, it confirmed what you already knew, that it was nasty, then, it, then you, you've, you've explored it to the fullest. But it can work reverse on you. You might look at something, say a food that looks nasty, even might have smelled it and said, oh, shit, tastes nasty. I mean, it smells nasty. But then you actually tasted it, and guess what? It wasn't what you thought it was. I hope you catch my point. It's the same. I'm using that metaphor. Apply that metaphor to your studies. You're going you're gonna to encounter some things that don't look right on the surface in this path. You say, wow, that, sound, that looks a little bizarre. It's going to look a little bizarre and crazy to you because, remember, that, that programming conditioning that's in our subconscious mind that does not go away overnight. Okay? No matter how long you've been studying, don't think that you're obsolete from it. People think, oh, no, 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 I bypassed that. It's all out my system. No, it's not. There's still a lot of trauma in there that you don't recognize. And that would be an aspect of it when you see something. Wow, that don't, you know, that looks, that's a little bit, mm, I don't know. I'm not, not sure about that. Well, before you come to a conclusion, start questioning yourself, what is it about, about that that you're not, you know, sure about? And how do you know you're not sure about it as, as like it says here, when you haven't even explored it or experienced it. Now, it's one thing if you come to the conclusion, or you just might not have a general interest for it, no desire. That's a whole different story, all right? Then it goes on to say, um, that does not mean, okay, uh, let me skip down here. How can you appreciate that? Okay, or any negative or dark emotions, indeed not. Who would want to be, perpetually miserable all the time. It is simple. A Sith seeks to know his negative and positive sides. Okay? <laughs> and, and we've been saying this since day one, and it set it up there. So we're not, we're not saying this is all about gloom and doom. You must understand both, not just the positive. The problem is most people just focus on the good shit about themselves. Okay? Okay, uh... And how can you appreciate either full without knowledge or any emotion for that matter or any subject? This does not mean that the individual Sith seeks only negative or dark emotions. As it said, indeed not, who want to be perpetually miserable all the time. They seek to understand the negative and positive sides. 
You cannot control and manipulate that. Let me say that again. You cannot control and manipulate that which you have no true knowledge of. So, again, how can you control something you have no knowledge of? So these are all your conspiracy theories that talk about the Illuminati, Masonry. Remember we talked about at the beginning of the show, people, they get caught up in all these conspiracy theories. They get consumed by information, and they accept it as a reality. They even make declarations and statements as if they're factual when they have not experienced any of them. Let me give you an example. How can you make statements about, let's say, masonry, since that's a big topic with the Illuminati? How the fuck can you – are you in the Illuminati? Oh, you're not. Oh, so where did you learn about the Illuminati? Oh, okay, great. You read it in a book, such and such. Okay, yeah, all right, cool. Do you know anybody in the Illuminati? Okay, you don't. You don't know anybody in the Illuminati. Have you ever gone through a Masonic Lodge? Okay, you haven't gone through a Masonic Lodge. Do you, have you ever gone through any Masonic rituals? Okay, you haven't gone through any. So what the fuck do you really know about masonry and the Illuminati? You won, you've never been in a Masonic Lodge, you're not a Mason, you don't know nobody in the Illuminati, you're not an Illuminati. So now I can draw the, simply the conclusion that you're either watching YouTube, reading shit on the internet, reading conspiracy theory books, or people's opinions. Okay? Now, maybe the person that wrote that book, I'm just saying, 99.9% .9 of the time, they don't. Maybe the person that wrote that book, maybe they were a Mason. And maybe they drew that conclusion or interpreted that conclusion on their experience. But how the fuck are you going to correlate that to your experience? You're going to validate somebody else's experience as your own? Listen to how fucking stupid that sounds. So when I'm talking to somebody, listen, man, if I'm talking to you and I ain't saying nothing, you best believe you're playing yourself. Because one thing I learned, you can learn a lot from a fool. So when fools talk, I just keep quiet and I listen. And I listen to the nonsense that's coming out of their mouth. And in that nonsense, this is what a Sith does. What appears to be nonsense in the surface, I can take that nonsense and shape it where I can learn a valuable lesson from that. In that person's ignorance, I gain strength and knowledge and wisdom. Because I'm sitting there studying this person like, this is an ignorant bastard. Keep talking, okay. But now I'm indulging on where that ignorance is coming from. And now it's reminded me and, 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 and wakened me again to the realization of what not to be. And that example and that living moment was meant for me, and I can take that as a tool and apply it to myself and say, that's not what the fuck I want to be. You understand? And I can take that whole thing and just reverse it, where now I've taken what appears to be that individual's weakness, which it is, and I've made it my strength now. I'm just giving you one, well, I'm giving you one example. This is, this is the way that you have to approach these things. So how in the world can you speak on something that you have no experience? This is what I don't understand. Now, it's one thing if you want to give your opinion, all right, because most people are speaking from personal opinion. But you know the old saying, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one, Okay. See, when people would teach, I would have no problem if somebody's doing a lecture on masonry and if they said, well, I'm just I'm speaking this on my research, what I've studied, people that I've talked to, but I want to make it clear I was never uh, a mason. I got no problem with that because at least you're accepting the responsibility. But when you get up there and you make statements as if you're owning it and it's factual, I got a problem with that because you don't know who's sitting in the room that has that experience. So you're playing yourself because there's people sitting in that room 
I'm telling you, case in point, I was at a, <laughs> I was at a lecture, and I don't walk around announcing what orders I used to belong to or do belong to or don't. Well, this individual, and this very prominent lecturer, invited me to his lecture, and this was last June, and I'm sitting there, and this individual decided to talk about OTO, Order Templi Orientist. Now, not knowing that I'm a third-degree magician in that order, I didn't say anything. I just sat there and listened, and word forbade him, I know exactly what he was talking about, where he got it from, and what book. But he was speaking as if he was a, a OTO initiate. And I sat there and I listened. I could have did one of two things. My ego could have kicked in, right, for all the wrong reasons, and I could have basically just smashed him apart and embarrassed him in front of everybody, but that wasn't the point. I said, you know what? My higher aspect kicked in, my higher intellect, for lack of a better word. So, you know, I just sit here and listen and, and you know, let's, let's decipher and pick apart mentally what he's talking about. And it was utter nonsense. It was just bullshit he read in the book. He was talking about one of the degrees and everything he was saying was false. And I'm basing that conclusion because the specific degree he was trying to talk about, I actually went through. You understand? And everything he was saying was incorrect. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. When you get up there making stupid-ass statements, you're playing yourself because you don't know who's sitting in the room, is or is not. Remember what it said up here? Let me, let me back up in case you forgot. The force or the dark side is determined by what you do and don't do. If there's anything, if, you, if, if everything else went over your head tonight, make sure that part don't. So, is, when we say the dark side, are we literally talking about something gloomy? <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. It's the principle of what you do and you don't do. It's that simple. Again, I know people are like, That's it? Yeah. Because, see, you want this long, again, you want this long speech, this long, deep lecturing. You want us to get, use all these fancy words. No. Just look. This is, this is as complicated as you want to make it. It's, it's as complicated. It's as simple as you want to make it, too. Okay? If you don't grasp anything tonight, grasp that. Last part, and then, then we're done. It's hard because you can only read through a couple of sentences, this, and there's too much information. All right. Yeah. So we're going to say, uh, blah, 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 Okay, last sentence here. A Sith seeks knowledge that others shy away from. Delving deep into decidedly darker texts as well as the darker aspects of the self. In doing so, now here's the key. Why should we do that? You hear us always talking about deal with your bullshit. Deal with the dark aspect of yourself. You hear us saying everything you're hearing here. Why should we do that? So if you're asking yourself, and why the fuck should I do that? Here's why. But more, probably you're asking yourself that because it's shaking your foundation of fluffiness. That's really why you're asking yourself that, but you're just not aware of it. Here's why. In doing so, we gain control over these darker aspects and indeed make them serve us. Let me say that again. We gain control over these dark aspects and we make them now serve us. We can change that. We use them as we see fit. We become more complete individuals capable of anything because we have such a complete understanding of the self. Okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. And that's just one page. We just did a class 
We just did a whole, a whole fucking two-hour class on one page in one book. Because that's what a Sith does is they take information and they dissect it. Because, like I said, if you can't take information and apply it to yourself on a daily basis, all you are is a walking encyclopedia. That shit don't impress you. know how many cats walk up to me everywhere I travel and they think they're impressing me with all this, all this regurgitated information on Egypt and Africa? Great. All right, you're a historian. Awesome. But can you take any of that fucking information and apply it on a daily basis? If not, then I don't even want to fucking waste my time talking to you. Right? And go back and listen. I always refer to the show that Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum came on. And he made a profound statement. So profound that it resonates with me all the time. I can just be doing something and it just the thought of it just pops in my head. He said the way for people to get over that, what we're talking about now is by taking the information from ancient Egypt or any ancient culture or civilization back then and updating it to make it fit into this day and time. Man, I mean, that speaks volumes to me. That's the yeah. problem that we got. That's the problem we got. Everybody wants to walk around living in the fucking past, talking about how great we used to be, talking about, you know, how it used to be back in the day. That's all pointless to me. Stay away from people like that because people like that will take you two steps back before they take you two steps forward. So we're not interested in how great we used to be back in the day. We want to know how great we can become today in 2017. Not interested. We've done the history thing. We did the history lesson. We, got, we know what happened to us in the past. We know what, we're, not, we're not saying that the past isn't important and history is not important, but it becomes a problem when you get stuck in there. That's the problem. So people get twisted. Are we saying, of course, if you don't know your history, you, don't know, you can't know your future. Okay, you got to know your past to know your present. I, I'm all for that. But what I'm not all for is being stuck in the past. That's the problem. Motherfuckers want to talk about post-traumatic slave syndrome. Look, look, let me explain something to you. If you were never shackled, put in chains, you cannot suffer from post-traumatic slave syndrome. Stop the bullshit. That's right. Stop it. Okay? Need we break that shit down again? And then you got assholes on Facebook posting pictures of slavery and shit. Look, look what they did. Look, you was never shackled. So you cannot... It's the same way a war veteran suffers... How does somebody have post-traumatic war syndrome? They would have to have been in a war and experienced a war, correct? Yep. It's and then something, have, that, something mm-hmm. that happened in your lifetime. You had to have experienced in, it in your yeah, lifetime. There's your key. It has to be in your lifetime. So don't give me no bullshit because you saw some pictures. Yeah, it might have incited some emotions in you, some, whether it was sad emotions, anger, rage, but here's another crutch Negroes want to lean on. I got post-traumatic slave syndrome. Negro, you was not a slave in your lifetime. Well, it used to be in a past life. Well, then that's personal. Deal with that shit on a spiritual level. Tell that shit to a motherfucking a war veteran that's got post-traumatic war syndrome. You don't see motherfuckers that are descendants of people that got post-traumatic war syndrome going, I'm suffering from, my grandfather suffered from post-traumatic war syndrome. I suffer from it too. So if you're saying it's genetic, then tell, show me why motherfuckers that got post-traumatic war syndrome don't genetically pass it down to their, to their family. Because I've had somebody run that game on me before. Well, it's genetic. It's in the genes. Really? Really scientifically prove that shit to me. You can't. You can't. It's another crutch. Anyway, it's a whole other story. But anyway, uh, what we're going to do now, 
Yeah, this topic opens uh, doors to some shit, man. And yeah. how this came how this came about when I called you, what day was that? Monday? Yeah, Monday. Shit, this this shit energy just came forward out of nowhere. And it'll do that shit sometimes. It's something in the air. Alright. Alright, phone, if it's unmuted, please unmute your phone. I know we gotta go over this bullshit every week, but unfortunately, we still run into problems. If you are in the chat room, you can go ahead and type some comments, questions. We'll go ahead. I see there's some in there already. I'm going to go ahead and go through some of those. Um, if you are in the chat and you would like to get on the call, all you got to do is scroll down to the bottom of your screen. You'll see the, the call-in number, 724-444-7444. Uh, right next to that is the call ID, which is 134-778-POUND symbol. And then it's going to ask you for a PIN number, and that PIN is the number one in the POUND symbol. So that is how you can get on the phone if you would like to call in um, and ask a question. Feel free to do that. Um, if you are, again, on the, on the, in the call queue, make sure your phone is unmuted. When we access you, we have multiple people on from the same state, such as California and Florida right now and Texas. Um, we can only identify you by your state. So if we call out a state, just speak. If it's you, we can hear you. If it's not, we're not going to be able to hear you. Uh, that's why we do encourage you to register and get a screen name at TalkShoe.com. It's free. You can make up a name if you don't want nobody to know your personal name. You can call yourself, you know, Luscious69 or, you know, whatever you want to call yourself. Get a screen name. It's free. It's easy for us to identify you, much easier. Uh, but still, people decide not to do that, and that's okay. Um, so we're going to bounce back and forth. Uh, we'll take a few questions. Uh, let's see who the first one in the queue. All right. This one just says Florida. Who is anybody on the call from Florida? Anybody there? Anybody there? Anybody on the phone? Hello, Florida, hello, Florida. I'm here. We got you. Hello, Florida. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, I was actually just listening. I kind of got in the call late, and I, I logged in, but I got kicked off. Um, let me ask you a quick question because we had problems with that last week. What was it saying when you were um, – did you get a message or anything when, you, when that happened or it just cut you out? No, it, it just cut me out, and then I just tried to call right back and then and enter my PIN in, and it just – it wouldn't let me do it. It just said if you don't have a PIN, then just hit right. one. So I just hit one. All right. I appreciate you telling me that because I had a problem with this last week, and I called support, and they wanted more detail and information on exactly what was happening. And you're the third person that said that. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that, but I do appreciate you telling me that. Um, not sure why it's doing that, but last week um, we had a real huge problem where a bunch of people couldn't get in. Um, uh, but anyway, I'll I'll see I'll see if I can look into that. Okay. Cool. Great show. All right. All right. We appreciate you listening. Yeah, that's uh, Ravana Noon. What she was just saying. That's what a couple people were telling me. Um, what, what was going on last week, and I I did. I did send a uh, uh, email over to tech support. They emailed me back, and they just told me to get a little more detailed information, and that's probably a bunch of bullshit anyway, but um, I'll see if I can look into it because yeah, a lot of people have that problem. <laughs> All right, excuse me. All right, so let's uh, see if we get another another person on the phone here. Right, actually, let's go to the uh, chat. We'll go back to the phone. Uh, Brother Seth Athman had typed in a bunch of stuff. Um, let me see. We can read some of his co- comments. Oh, his shockwave flash crashed. Okay, I don't think that has anything to do with us. All right. Uh, 
Yeah, he typed in earlier when we were talking about the food metaphor. I never give a hungry man food to share. <laughs> yeah. True indeed. All right, here's, here's something he, he, he typed in earlier. I had a situation where I constantly felt a thought out of a very angry side of me that I never knew existed. I kept wondering where all this anger came from, but couldn't figure it out. After the previous two rituals I engaged in during the past two weeks, the reality hit me like a ton of bricks uh, last week. It was like I was taken through my life way back. Wow, this is good. Since a little boy and all the BS I had to face, for instance, the physical, mental, emotional abuse I encountered by family members and non-family members. I literally had to compromise through fear in order to get by. This is good. All these clarifications came to me like I was actually watching. This is good. All that was done to me. I had to face these and acknowledge that it was an aspect of my life that was playing out of the angry feelings and thoughts after absorbing and acknowledging these experiences. I proceeded to work on these actions through my own rituals and other spiritual exercises. I am slowly getting through it, but I know that everything will not go away just like that. It is gradual, and I must be patient. Excellent point. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, some of the rituals you went through, like you said, in the last couple of weeks. You know, bring that realization, and that's the purpose of ritual. It's supposed to transform you. It's supposed to have an effect, and this was your effect, and this is good because a lot of people will have a similar effect, maybe not quite exactly the same way, but this shows that you tapped in, and this is good because this was something that obviously had to come to the surface for you to face. And the reason why I say this is good because you're very detailed in identifying exactly what it is. And this confirms everything that we've been talking about. Um, this confirms why you should be want. I mean, ask yourself, why do you want to come on this path? Why do you want to be a practitioner of this path? If you think it's to gain just you're going to become a millionaire and you're going to become almighty and powerful, eh, you might as well just go ahead and go back to doing what you were doing. That's the reason why you come on this path right there. That shit right there. Because this is what's going to get, once you get over the hump of all that shit, everything else is cake. So we appreciate you sharing that with us. Oh, anything you wanted to comment on that, on that, um, what Mike typed in, um, Brother Von? No. Um, nope. I'm good. Okay. All right, so let's go back to the phone. All right, this just says um, Northeast California. Anybody there? Okay. Hello, Northeast California. We hear you. We hear your side conversation. Hello, oh, hello, hello. Oh, wow. I can you hear comment. Yeah, I can hear you guys. Okay. Uh, you're yeah, you're, you're live. Checking out you're live. Everybody else can hear you too, so I just want to make sure. Don't don't incriminate yourself because I don't know what you're talking about on the side over there. Oh, I'm having a good – I'm enjoying the show. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's all. <laughs> Shout out to you guys. Keep up the good work. I'm just chilling, listening. Cool, cool. And where in California are you located, if you don't mind sharing it with us? The proximity uh, of your area. North of Sacramento. Okay. All right. Bay Area. All right. Cool. I've been out no, to no, 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 no. Bay, no? Bay Area is south of Sacramento. I'm north okay, where, of Sacramento. All right. Where's Santa Cruz? Is it close? It's close to over there, right? Uh, 
I'm originally from from uh from like Southern California, so when you get to okay. talking about Santa Cruz and all that, what I do know is the Bay Area is south. Okay. Santa Cruz, I'm not quite sure. Well, I've I've flown into San Francisco and then driven to Santa Cruz, so I know San Francisco Airport is not not you know I know technically that's the Bay Area. Am I right or wrong? Oh yeah, you're right about that. You're definitely okay. right about that. Yeah. All right. Now, just curious, we'd like to know where our listeners are calling from sometimes. That's all. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night. All right. So, shout out to uh, Sacramento. Um, Let's see who else we got on the call. Texas Tree Hugger, we see you. I don't know if you had a problem getting in, but when we get you on, let me know if you had a problem last week. A lot of people had a problem last week. Uh, All right. This one just says Southwest. Florida. Anybody there from Southwest Florida? Talk, talk to us. Anybody there? Nobody there? All right. No, I have a question. Okay, go ahead. We got you. This What's South- your name? No, 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 no. That's me. That's me. This Southwest Florida person, they're here mm-hmm. every week, but they never speak. Oh. I'm just, uh. I'm, I'm just curious. Why do they speak? I don't know. Maybe they rode the short bus to school. I don't know. Could be a million yeah. different reasons. Who knows? Or maybe they just can't hear, or I don't know. But guess what? I really couldn't give two shits. But anyway, um, let's see who. Ah, oh, let's bring in. Uh, see if she's awake. Let's see. Smiley with the locks. Ah, uh, there. Smiley with the locks. Are you awake or are you sleeping? I'm uh, here. Oh uh, damn! Uh, I'm shit. here. Oh shit! Oh, nasty and shit. She God, came rough. Damn. She came hardcore again. Huh? You hear that? Shit? Well, I'm here. That's that. That's that Seth energy coming through. That's it. That's that. That's that feminine Seth Sith energy you got going on there. Oh, damn. Anyway, what's going on? Talk to us. What you got for us? Uh, uh, no, that was a great show. A lot of great points. I mean, my gosh. Um, wow, that was a, that was a, just a lot to absorb. At least I, it, it explains some things about myself, about my How self. fucked up you are, right? Exactly. All right. There we go. That's what we want to hear. Exactly. I got to get cool. my shit together. Well, but, on, um, on, a, on, on a serious note, that's why when we do, like I said, I believe, yeah, this is the third show we've done on Sith. Um, we try to kind of not, because look, if we, if we, really plug into it. We're trying to do it in, in segments for what you just said. So it can be absorbed properly because it does get a little complex. Not We're not saying complex in the sense that the listeners. That I came off the slow bus? No, no, yeah, exactly. No, 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 not that. What can tend to happen is if, if, if it becomes so overwhelming to the point where there's just so much of an influx of thoughts going on simultaneously that you can't really process anything. So we don't want to, you know, go into it you know, all at once where you can't really process everything because then that just defeats the point. But we will I'm a burger. All I do is process. But go yeah, ahead. I know. That's true. That's true. You're right. Burgos do do that. Um, but, yeah, in, in general, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're looking at it as a whole. Um, but we will, we're going to revisit it, obviously, again, for sure, whenever that will be. Um, because it, it does, it really, it's a, it's a, it's a spiritual system especially the al- alchemy aspect of it that, that you could definitely use on a daily basis, man. I can't stress that enough. Um, it definitely can help you. 
on a wide variety of levels. But anyway, anything else you wanted to add? No, I think I think that's it. But you're right. It 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 um it you know, I don't know. I don't I don't, I don't know if it's just me or what. It's just like whatever you guys are talking about, whatever you guys are teaching, it just always come back to a wrap around to you have to constantly be um diligent of your shit. You just have to you have to be aware of where you where you are in life on all At levels. All at all times. At all times. And, and, and you know, do what you got to do to work it out. And also, it it you guys always let everyone know that you don't have to try to be like everybody fucking else. Be yourself. That's if right. you've got an attitude, have your attitude. That's your attitude. Have it. Fuck them. Correct. That's you know, correct. if you want to smile and be happy, you be that. You know, that and what you don't. Embrace us. <laughs> yeah, you don't do that, but that's all right. I don't, I no. don't do that no. at all. Part, no. But, <laughs> but, um, but you make some good points, though. You make some really good points. And, and, because again, you, know, not, you know why I say that. Wait a second, Mike, because you know why I say that? Because even, even, even in my little circle, people or, or what I like encounter at work, you know, uh-huh. like if you're different or – or if you're not um, get along to be along, then there's something wrong with you, you know. Right. And so people are under this constant pressure to mold themselves into whatever people think that they should be. And so in their minds, and then that's who they become. That's a problem. Right. Well, then, you know what? Let me ask you a question because you use a term. You know, you know what I always wonder? We use this term. Where, who, who deciphers? What quote unquote is different from the norm? Who 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 deciphers that? Exactly. Like, you, you you like you say you just made a term. People tend you know if you're different, et cetera. What is, I always ask myself, what is different? You know what you know what the answer to that question is? It's on the individual, different to their own personal ideologies. That's that see that's that's what different mm-hmm. is to them, and that's the bullshit we got to get out of. So what I'm trying to say is who who gave them the authority to determine what is different and different from what? That's all I'm trying to say. Different from what? Different from what you accepted as being normal? Because I'm not really, I don't understand what normal and not normal really is because that's personal, again. So when we look at somebody and say, all right, say we look at somebody that dresses, you know, uh, let's say uh, they're into uh, a certain uh, culture or they dress eccentric, right? We say, oh, man, a person's dressed fucking crazy. They, they look like that. We, we automatically go to judging them, criticizing them. You understand? Because in our mind, that's different from what we accept as the norm. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking about what oh, I Oh, no, I get you 100%. Yeah. As I stated, I get that all the time. And even, even in my little personal circle, you know, I get it all the time. Yeah, just let you be whatever they may consider as, as different. Okay, can say if I just want to wear jeans all the time, then there's something wrong with me if I want to wear jeans all the time. Mm-hmm. Don't wear heels. If I, you know, I got heels that don't get you twisted. But, you know, um, mm-hmm. if I don't want to wear dresses all the time or if I want to wear dresses all the time, you know, people right. just have this here way of thinking, like as you're saying, of how someone should be, as long as you're not, not um, right. Well, 
especially uh, minority people, we do that shit a lot to each other. If you're so-called black, you're supposed to dress, look, or talk a certain way, which is bullshit. Because right. whoever said that this is black talk, black dress, black whatever. See, this this, this is how we do it to ourselves and keep ourselves stuck within a box because we consistently say these things, you know, oh, you don't talk black. Well, what the fuck is talking black? Exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm supposed to have ebonics and have fucked up language and no right. grammatical no grammatical right. skills or anything? Yeah, that's fine. If you Sometimes you will talk like that depending on the person and the situation, but you should at the same time be diverse and be able to flip it into anything you want to Correct. and speak any kind of way. This is what it's called being a unique individual. I think the problem is nowadays is people took unique out of being something um, extraordinary instead of just looking like the collective, like everybody got to look the same, all all the hip hoppers got to have the same clothes, you know, and so what we do is we limit ourselves all the time. And it actually started in our culture and our family, and it just continues uh, growing from there. And then society gets a hold of it, and now here's the media showing you what's up, what's good, what's not, and we just keep it alive. It's like it starts from your from your childhood with your family, and it keeps it alive, and it keeps going, and nobody ever breaks that. So if you, you know try to break Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. You bring up a, a, a real interesting point, man. Back up to something you said. We, we've talked about this uh, in the past. Um, there's that preconceived notion, like you say, you don't, you don't talk black enough. And then if you sound educated, you know, then you're damned if you do. Then you're a sellout. If you sound educated yeah. and you carry yourself a certain way because, see, we got to get out of this thing that everything about, like you say, the stereotypes, if you're not hood or ghetto, you know, if you leave the hood or the ghetto and you go better yourself, then you're a sellout because you left the neighborhood and you're trying to fit it. Look, that's the biggest bullshit ever. Most of those people that are telling you shit like that, I, all, all you got to do is just guarantee you, I'll, I'll put money on it, most of the motherfuckers is miserable, okay? And most of the, you know that old saying, misery loves company? So, they see individuals bettering themselves, and that, that jealousy kicks in. So now they want to belittle you because, see, that's the problem that you have gaining success as a melanated person, regardless of what ethnicity you are. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. If you better yourself and move on, you're, you know, you're a sellout. If you, you know, stay in that broke mentality, then you're damned on that level. So – we gotta get out of that mindset. That's a bunch of bullshit. Because yeah, uh, see, that's one thing I always try to tell. Look, uh, people always say, "Well, I'm left hand path now, or I'm this and this and that." But then those very people who say that still are limited within the very things we're talking about. Like, okay, I'm I'm left hand path, which by by the very definition of the word, you're supposed to be challenging what's forbidden or taboo or what is. Uh, conventional or what is considered normal by your culture, society, whatever, you're supposed to be challenging that. But we, but many people who claim themselves to be left-hand path are actually not challenging that. They're actually part of that conditioning and still within it. Like, for That's example, correct. left-hand path, when people think of it, they think you should be a Satanist or a goth, like dressed like a gothic. See? And now, here, now, now here comes a whole nother description, definition 
and a new box created as if this is what everybody's supposed to look like. And if you are challenging that conventional image now, then you're, you know, well, you're different. You can't be left-hand path. Well, why not? Who said that you're supposed to dress like that? See, this is, this is the same shit that perpetuates itself all the time. But people do it as occultists all the time. And I find that occultists are more fucking in the box than people who sometimes are not even dealing with that shit. Because they tend right. to now say, oh, well, the occult is this, 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 that. So if you're an occult, you're supposed to have a, a, a pentagram. Who said I have to carry aware of pentagram? Like, if that's what you do, that's your choice. But who said I have to? And they're saying it's almost right. like these right. people put these these like uh these requirements you know what i'm saying that the mm-hmm. you have to have a b c and d and if you don't you you don't fit into this because this is what it is or this is what people say it is or this is what it's like and that is what limits a person and so when you really say you're expanding and breaking all that shit you're not you're still back in it why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you wear something that's completely off the wall, like as mm-hmm. far as a, sim, a symbol that nobody else has? Try that mm-hmm. on for size and see how that works. Uh, excellent. <laughs> what, are you, what, what are you going to say there, Smiley? Uh, no, but again, it, it just comes back, and I, I don't know. Uh, for me, um, it comes back to you just have to be grounded. Right, everything. I don't, I don't care what what it is you guys are teaching on. Everything has to come with you. Have to be grounded. You just have mm-hmm. to be grounded. Um, mm-hmm. then you you will be absorbed into all of that fuckery. You know, because right. then you're not thinking. You know what I mean? You can't right. think for yourself. You're too busy. I don't know, trying to do whatever the hell you're too busy trying to do, and not focusing on on being grounded and doing proper inventory. You have to do inventory like constantly. And, oh, 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 let me say this in two. So let me co-sign on your vampiric. Oh, yeah. You can just be looking at somebody and zap that sucker. But anyways, I digress. That's a, that's a good point. Stop. Excellent point. Well, look at this question here. This is a really good question. Guest 11 typed in. Um, this is this is important here. Uh, guest 11 had typed in, um, can, you, can you elaborate if it's a universal principle that we as individuals cannot grow beyond our DNA setting to be or accomplish our desires and our dreams. All right. Now, answer to that question is yes. You can bypass that. Yes and no, and I'm going to tell you what I mean. Number one, you have a DNA aspect that's passed down to you. In your bloodline, there are traits you inherit. Like you can, if you if you come from a, a you know a lineage of lazy ass motherfuckers, yes, part of that can be transferred into your DNA. Part of it. But you always have the ability to reprogram your DNA because literally the DNA is like a computer. You can train yourself. If you're finding yourself struggling in certain areas where you can't accomplish it and you say, I'm doing everything, I'm putting all these methods into practice, more than likely it's something subconsciously that you're not addressing about yourself that is blocking you. We, we addressed this actually. I don't know if it was at the class we did or I know we talked about this recently. Um, what tends to happen is it's not that what you're doing is not working. I'm talking about, now let me make this clear. I'm talking about if you're honestly putting 100% effort out. I'm not talking about you putting a half-assed effort, you're trying to accomplish things, and you're not really, you know, you're not being real with yourself. You're, you're just, you're going at it half-assed. 
That's a whole nother story. That's because you're going at it half-assed. But if you're really putting in work, per se, and you're not accomplishing as you as you typed in your your your, your desires and your dreams, there's something there subconsciously that you're not addressing, and I say subconscious that you're not that you're not aware of that needs to be addressed. And now you need to go into the process of identifying exactly what that is. And we talked about that. There's many different things you could do to identify what that is. But nine out of ten times, you're going to find out that that blockage is what's preventing that. So, no, there's nothing in your DNA, okay, there's not a universal principle that says you're limited on what you can accomplish, okay? And, and, and the problem is once you start accepting that as a reality, now you're dealing with a mental struggle that you're going to, you're going to fight with because once you start really grasping onto something, that can work two ways for you. Because remember, one aspect of mastering black magic is manipulating the subconscious mind. So it goes beyond just that connection to it. Because when you're doing a working and you're dealing with the now, that moment, that very, that, the only thing that's important, because yes, you can reflect back, but the only thing that's important is what's going on at that moment. And the intent is what's key to it. We talk about that all the time. But can certain things in your past, can certain things in your DNA prevent you, block or stagnate your growth to an extent? Yes. That's why I said it's a yes or no question. But are you, do you have the ability to overcome it and master it? The answer is also yes. So, no, you're never – because if you accept that concept or anybody strictly – I'm not saying you, I'm just saying that becomes religion because yep. religion, re- religion kind of teaches the same thing, that you, 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 know, you can't obtain – a certain potential and there's a box that you have to be in to obtain that potential. And if you go outside of that box, you can't obtain it. So no, um, I don't know if there's something you want to add to that, brother. Yeah. Well, as a Sith, a Sith doesn't see anything as being something that can block them or stop them, even if it's their own DNA. Like I mentioned earlier, um, and some of the Sith, philosophy and some of the Sith uh, mythological characters created, they were born slaves. They were born, uh, their body was weak. They had um, certain uh, muscle uh, deficiencies growing up, and they used their mind power to overcome all that shit. And Mm -hmm. this shit ran in their family, but they used their mind power and all the strength they could summon to overcome any mental, physical, or spiritual deficiencies that they could encounter or found in themselves. So nothing can limit you unless you put that block on your mind that it's there and I can't overcome this. Once you state that, you just created that. So understand that anything you state and um, intend towards your mind, like, oh, I, I have this block and I found out I have this DNA, you know, trade and now I'm fucked. Well, you just created that reality. So your mind is actually creating that which you are accepting to be true. And you have to understand it's your perception. Your perception is what limits your, your actual reality. It's not That's right. um, uh, something just physical or DNA because all that shit can be changed. They've proven that you can alter your DNA yourself through sound vibration, That's through correct. frequencies. Anything can be altered within your DNA. You have the power to shift anything within your Correct. mind, your body, or anything else. You, but if your perception is I can't, then that's where you're going to stay at. 
Now I'm glad you I'm glad you bring that up because that's what I meant a, a minute or two ago when I said by reprogramming your DNA. One aspect, mantra magic, like you said, uh, chanting, vibrations, frequencies, tones. There's many different things one can do to get that DNA vibrating and resonating on a certain frequency to open yourself up to be receptive of the information you need to be receptive of to make that transformational change. Now, when we talk about dark matter, when we had Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum on, dark light consciousness, dark matter, which basically is tapping into the neuromelanin, because remember, your neuromelanin is key in the sense that the neuromelanin is what functions everything that exists within you, your personal universe. Because remember, its origin was in the brain stem, right, the origin of that neuromelanin. And that neuromelanin coats every aspect of every organ in your body, your entire body. They know this science. They know. See, we're focused. We get so caught up in this physical shit. See, we get caught up in the light skin, dark skin game. I'm telling you. Trust me. Me and Ravon have witnessed this over the years. Don't judge somebody how they look physically. Don't judge. You see, you see a melanite person that's light skin and think they're not as intelligent and vice versa, because that's a bunch of bullshit. How do you know that? How you can tell somebody is rhythmatically in tune, not, not spookily in tune with the universe? I tell you, we do this all the time with drums. I've watched some clowns sit down and play the drums, and it's the funniest shit you ever see in your life. Yep. Because that's not something you can teach somebody. To have natural rhythm is somebody that's naturally in sync with universal law. You understand? Those that have no rhythm, for an example... And, yes, there are black folks that have no fucking rhythm. I've seen it. Yep. You understand? That neuromelanin is not in the correct state it needs to be in. Yep. You understand? It needs to be conditioned correctly so you have that link and that connection. So, remember, you got the neuro and the nero, you understand, which we all know about. The neuromelanin is the melanin that coats every part of the nervous system and the brain, and, and the nero is the physical melanin. Know how to decipher and distinguish between the two. But here's the most important thing. Know the correlation between the two. Because, remember, now you've got to go back in the blood type, which, which goes into a whole other ballgame. You understand? Yep. Blood type determines who you are because it identifies the different characteristics that you have resonating within you. If you've got A blood, I hate to bust your bubble, that's predominantly Caucasian blood. B blood's a mixture. O positive and o, neb- o negative is predominantly African blood. Now, I'm not saying that in the sense that means if you have one of them, that's completely what you are. What I'm saying it is it's going to help you identify your characteristics and personalities. This will explain why you behave a certain way you behave. You react a certain way you react. Some black folks have the characteristics of the white man and their nature and their behavior because of the yep. blood that's running through their veins, and that's a fucking reality. So that's why you can't preach that unity and peace shit to us. Because we know what we're looking at. When somebody's standing in front of you, do you really know what you're looking at? Exactly. And, and the don't. thing is, you have to be your own alchemist today. People do not, I mean, really get this. You have to be your own alchemist today. If you don't know various things, your blood type, if you don't know certain things uh, about yourself, for example, okay, neuromelanin. If you want to activate uh, or help with the neuromelanin, within your brain and your body. What, what do you take for that? 
I mean, do you just sit there in, in, in the sun and meditate and say, okay, I'm charging my neuromelanin? No, fucking idiot, stop it. Cut it out. That's, for your, that's going to be for your skin melanin when you do that shit. To activate your brain, the, 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 the melanin in your brain, you need to work with things like CoQ10. You need shit like fucking vitamin B3, uh, 6, and 12. If you don't understand that shit, then you you don't understand a lot of shit about yourself because you're spooked out on some fucking uh, toning the universe with your throat chakra shit. And oh man, that video was funny yeah. as fuck. That one you sent me. That dude yeah, like the J- Jamaican Santa Claus and shit. That shit yeah, had me that, in tears. That guy was super spooky, making all these tones and fucking whistling while he's. To- I mean, really, dude? Come on, now, cut the shit out, right? And the, but what's necessary is to be your own alchemist. You have to understand how to do your mental and internal alchemy through this process. Because if you don't, then you're going to end up like these other spooky guys and think that all you got to do is just shine your blackness and, and look at how dark and beautiful I am. That's all superficial outer layer shit. If you want to really determine what's within you, do a DNA study of yourself. And you'll be surprised what you really have. You're going to have certain um, genetic attributes that are mostly Caucasian at one point, and at another point you're going to have some that are mostly African. I did my DNA study through 23andMe, and I found they didn't just do my fucking ancestry. They did my fucking whole health DNA, what DNA deficiencies or strengths I have and what is predominantly from what group and what from other. You'd be surprised when you find all this shit out. But if you don't know that shit, then how do you know where to start? If you don't have a beginning manual, how do you know where to start? Because people ask us this all the time. Well, where do I start? Well, figure out yourself first before you want to start anything. Don't you think you look at your own guidebook, figure out your own composition, figure out what you're made out of, Figure out what right. what is what is your genetic deficiencies or strength. You, you that's where you start at. I mean, we could tell you read this book that, but that's all fucking irrelevant, really, at the end of the day. Because if you really want to get to know yourself, figure every fucking thing out about yourself, and that starts with your DNA, mm-hmm. your, your genetics, where you're from. People so, do these so, rituals, and hold on, let, let me say this real quick. People mm-hmm. do these these rituals, right? And they're fucking, oh, I'm so dark and black. And some fucking Chinese guy shows up at that fucking ritual, <laughs> um, at their ancestor ritual, and they're like, where the hell that came from? I thought I was super, super blue black. No, nigga, that shit is in your DNA. And I bet you if you get a DNA study, you'll see that it pops up in there. That's mm-hmm. why. And if it, how, do you, how do you really say I know myself, but you don't even know that shit exists within your bloodline? You understand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then how how can I be a whole or complete being and I haven't even acknowledged or even made contact with that part of myself? That's the so, problem. So you're saying I can't, like, just study comedic information and then say I'm a direct descendant of the ancient Egyptians? I can't do that? Shit. You could say you fucking uh, <laughs> a, a watermelon god if you want. The, you, you, the real you. reality is are you? No, probably not because... What happens is most people who claim they're so comedic are really not. Listen, man, if you really want oh, man, these people would be so sad. They would probably cry if they found this out. Most of you fuckers who claim you're comedic in actuality are mostly from Western Africa. and Central That's Africa. Right. 
That's right. Okay, you're not that. from Eastern Africa. Most of you who claim that shit are really Western and Central Africa. Now, here's what these coons and idiots will do. Yeah, but see, what I found out is my tribe originally came from Eden. How do you know that? Even your tribe doesn't know that shit. This is part of their mythology or story, but they can't even verify that shit. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, and if it did happen, that happened so long ago that that DNA is not really recent. Most of your DNA studies, people don't understand this shit. They can go back for thousands of years, but most of your DNA studies really are, they're pulling up DNA that's really within the last thousand years or closer to this time. They can go back further, but really what they pull up is the last thousand years or less. So when you pull up that DNA, most of you are from Central and West Africa. Now, you know why people don't want to uh, accept that so much? Because it's not a lot of pageantry behind that. This is what I mean. There's, right. not, there's not pyramids and temples. There's no Namuz or Namaz. You know, people aren't wearing the fucking feral garb. They're not wearing this fucking fancy shit. When they think of West Africa or, or Central Africa, what do they think of? See, now, here's our own programming coming out. They think of primitive tribes. and You understand what I'm saying? And that's so, not the case. Yeah, and that's not people do not really realize that. If you really want to find something out, <clears throat> find, you go find out how they realize that they had temples in South Africa that are over a hundred thousand years old, even older than the Egyptian pyramids, and they had these temples in South Africa way before they even had it in Egypt. Now, go figure that one out, buddy. Okay, and now change your view of life and, and change your view of everything came from Kemet, and you might realize that, no, it's possibly not true that everything didn't come from Kemet. It came from this whole area, but it doesn't mean it just all came from Kemet when they're proving that there's temples in South Africa over 100,000 years old. So what do you do then? See? Now, if they all suddenly prove South Africa had all this great monumental shit, people are all suddenly going to walk around. I'm South African. Cut the shit, nigga. You're not. But see, people want to grab onto shit that is popular or just beautiful and pageant. They don't want the primitive shit. But the primitive shit really is the real shit because it comes from the word prime. Prime is like the best, the first. Right? right? You've got to understand that shit. The primitive shit is the real shit. That's the real knowledge is held within these primitive tribes. And that's mm-hmm. why people, people can't get that knowledge because a lot of these primitive tribes don't have contact with society. They stay away. Correct. And that's an, that's an important point. I always tell people, man, you know, just because you embrace a culture don't mean that that's your only connection to that culture. You understand what I'm saying? So that's that's one thing that's got to be stamped in an individual's mind. Um, like you say, you can make that declaration. That that's great, but uh, you're gonna find out on the tail end of it that that's just not the case. There's more to it. Um, and understanding the DNA is is very important on this path because uh, what the, the aforementioned things that you just talked about, um, it'll help again identify your characteristics, your behaviors. You know, it'll help you grasp why you do the things you do. You understand? And like you said, you'll be surprised because I think, I think when a lot of people go into that area of study, they, they again, have set expectations or, or 
they have set preconceived notions of what they want to be as opposed to what they actually are, and that's two different things. Um, so that's very important. That's something that can't be negated or ignored because, um, as we talked about, ancestral worship or the ancestral connection uh, is a very important aspect on this path for sure. Um, and you can, in my opinion, and again, I'm saying this opinion based on experiences, uh, not an opinion, you know, like I say, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got them. But in the experience factor of it, I find the work is even, you know, it brings more results when you incorporate the ancestral aspect into it for sure. Yep. Um, I, I think it's the foundation of it. As we talked about on previous shows, it's the root and the foundation of it. Um, I think it's the base and core of all these spiritual systems um, because it's, it's, it, it plays an important part. And I don't think you can just completely abandon it or ignore it or not at least give it the attention that it needs to be addressed. It's very important. Well, like I tell people, to ignore your ancestors is like ignoring yourself because it is yourself. So where can you go that your ancestors are not? That's so right. why would you why would you not work with something that is so crucial to your own existence? Because you are their descendant. Everything you want to know about your family is within you. So make the connection. Uh-huh. Excellent point. Excellent point. All right. Let's see if we take a couple more uh, phone calls, and we're gonna wrap this puppy up. It's getting late. All right. Let me see. We got some more calls in here. All right. We got some man. Just say. All right, we got somebody on a call from Florida. Anybody there from Florida? Uh, I'm just listening. I came in late. Okay, did, did no. we plug you in already? Was that you earlier? No, I'm okay. not West. Okay, no problem. All right. Oh, I did, yeah. I did have a question, though. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week, um, you asked me why didn't I come to the ceremony or whatever, and I said oh, okay. I was ill. And I want to know, how did you know I didn't come? I just knew you didn't come because we heard your voice. I don't. I don't recognize you. That's all. Oh, okay. Because that well, was well, very well. unusual. I'm like, how would you know that? <laughs> well, we just know you didn't come. We'll leave it at that. But we we will <laughs> we do expect to see you in the future. All right. So okay. Thank you'll, you. You'll be there. Trust me. We'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Cool. Bye. All right, let's go to the next one. Man, we got, like, multiple people on here from from Florida. Uh, hold on. Uh, anybody there from Florida? Another call just says Florida. Anybody there? Florida, Florida, Florida. All right, let me go to the next one. There's a couple on here. Anybody there from Florida? Speak. Hello, 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 Florida. Anybody there? We got a bunch of y'all on from Florida, so... You're on from Florida. Speak. All right, I'm going to go to the next one. Nobody there. And anybody there from Florida? Speak. Florida? Anybody there? I think everybody in Florida rode the short bus tonight. All right. Nobody there? Uh, One more call from Florida. Anybody there from Florida? Peace. Are you? Uh, I got one, two, three, four, five, six people on from Florida and not one speaking except for the one sister. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess that wraps it up. I think it's time to bring in the uh, tree hugger. Let's see if we can find her. Where's she at? Hold on. 
Yeah, it's getting late. We're going to wrap, wrap this puppy up. That's pretty much all the calls. Let me see if I missed anything in the chat. I think I might have missed a few comments. That's it. Uh, I guess 11, we addressed that. Uh, okay, this is a good one here, though. I don't think we can let this one go. This I like this one here. All right. Yeah, this will be the last one. Texas Treehugger, hang in there, man. We got you right after this. Uh, guest 18, I didn't see this one. I just scrolled down. This is actually a good question. I don't know if yeah, they're still on. Um, this is this is a perfect example of what we're talking about. All right, let me read it for those that are just listening and can't see it. Those that are in the chat obviously can see it. Um, it says, I have a lot of lucid dreaming experiences where I have encounters with beings that I think, and I'm glad, okay, cool, you're still here, good. Um, and I'm glad that it's worded like this, that I think of as demonic. And I'm glad you said that you think of as demonic. They're overwhelming, and I'm not sure how to deal with them aside from my Catholic training to pray. But I wonder how to deal with it or get over it. This is a real good question. All right. Now, I'm going to say this. I know you got to have something to add to this, brother. Now, I'm, I'm glad you used the term that you are, are, are defining it as what you're interpreting as something per se uh, beings that you're thinking of as demonic. Now, I don't know if you're a brand new listener to the show, but understand this. When working in this path, everything is energy. So it's overwhelming to you. When the energy becomes overwhelming or something you can't really identify, it's normal to have that type of type of notion or have that type of explanation. But remember, we've we done... Uh, shows that word demon again part of it is the is the programming aspect of it so let's start there real quick as we said before when we we look at that word demon it has a synonymous of meanings now most people that use it in this case where you're using it in this example it's being defined as something negative what we define as demons when we have these personal spiritual experiences um again we would have to go in depth because you would have to really focus in on what what do these demons look like? What are they saying? What's going on in these experiences? Because nine out of ten times, it's trying to bring something to your attention. Now, it can become a little overwhelming, as you said, because the aspect of the unknown part of it tends to bring in the reaction that you're talking about. Um, and it's normal, like you said, to go into your own system that you've Obviously, we're familiar with being raised in in this in this instance. Let's say Catholic uh, form of prayer. Um, the best way to deal with it and get over it is really. Uh, I don't know if you keep any records of what you're experiencing, but you need to really go in depth in colors. Uh, what's in the environment of these dreams? What's around? What's going on? Anything you can vividly remember, because everything that you're seeing in these experiences is communicating a message. What blocks you from receiving the message is the fear. So the best way you got to get over it, if you keep, now I don't know what you're feeling when it's happening, but if it's fear that sets in and you're praying out of fear, then what tends to happen is you're not going to be able to be completely receptive of what's being communicated here. The best way to get over it is try not, I don't know if when you pray you force whatever's going on, it, that it well, it's actually you're doing it anyway, but you you force it to dissipate or disappear. Um, that's probably the worst thing because 
it's just going to enhance it more because something is trying, your higher self is trying to communicate something to you. And the best way to get over it is somehow you have to discipline and train yourself when it starts to happen that just the same way that you would use this, let's say this system of praying, you need to condition your mind and say to yourself, you know, first of all, nothing Nothing, all right, I see you just typed in that. It's usually a loved one that shows Okay, if it's a loved one that shows up trying to attack you in that form, okay, know this. Nothing can hurt or harm you unless you actually out or believe that too, okay? What's going to happen is if it's that. Now, I don't want to get into bizarre shit like shapeshifters and specters and all that, but what tends to happen is they might be appearing as that on the surface, but it's actually something deeper beyond that. The only way you're going to get the answer to that, you need to let the experience play itself out. No matter how fearful it might be, the challenge of getting over it is not being able to let the fear consume you and back out of it. Because what's going to keep happening is it's just going to keep continually, continuously happening. Um, so you need to somehow figure out the same way you do when you if, you, if you use that system, as you say, the Catholic training way to pray, to say, make this disappear, you need to condition your mind and say, I'm going to go through this experience. Nothing can harm or hurt me. Uh, it's, that's just the reality of it. But getting to that point is the challenge. Uh, Ravon, I know there's probably something you want to add to this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> first, let me start off by saying this. Uh, most of your dreams I would say 95% according to psychologists and clinical studies is about yourself. Now, when you encounter demonic beings um, in the term you use, demonic beings, and then you um, stated just now that they come in the form of your family, understand that most of what you see in your dreams is relating something about yourself. And most of the faces you see in your dreams are faces you've encountered somewhere in your life. Whether it's personal people you knew or just came across at a store or whatever. Now, when you see demons in, in, in the form that you may have seen it, it is essentially trying to communicate some shit about yourself that you're not focusing on. And it's utilizing images of your family to bring the fear factor up, um, whether your adrenaline is flowing or something's happening in a dream, to resist the message you're supposed to be receiving. Your true self is trying to share something with you, but because of whatever fears, conditioning that's set there from the past, you are blocking it from revealing itself to share what it is about yourself that you're not focusing on, that you need to focus on, um, about an issue, a certain uh, problem, or whatever it can be. So these lucid dreams will repetitively repeat. They'll repeat themselves, but they'll come in a little different form every time. Like the story will shift a little bit, but you'll see some of the same characters showing up over and over if it's the same family member or two or three of these family members, guess what? It's something about that family member that is related to something about you that you either like, don't like, can't stand, or trying to get away from, and that image is going to constantly repeat itself till you acknowledge it, confront it, 
and do something about it. Because that repetitively seeing that family members and they, and then they ship or sh- shift or shape into a demon or form of a demon is your fear of some deep-rooted issue about yourself or something that happened in your lifetime that's so deeply rooted that it became something ugly, grotesque, or outright scary to shape into a demonic form, let's say. And it's something that um, you know what it is. You have to really go deep in there to pull it out. And every time, like Beniti said, every time it comes up, you're going to have to condition yourself before you go to sleep. Usually you create an affirmation of whatever, like he said, or whatever you can come up with. Nothing can hurt me. Nothing will hurt me. Um, Say it nine times, ten times, twelve times, however you feel before you go to sleep. Repeat this until you fall asleep so that you can create the psychic block to protect yourself but still be able to witness the event uh, from beginning to end. And, and, and you know what's interesting? Because, again, we're using terminology. You know, we're seeing – I'm using the case that Guest 18 that you're talking about. We're talking about what we're defining as turning into demons or monsters, loved ones. Now, here's the deep thing. When you really look internally and reflect on this, you have to ask yourself, what's the origin? Because this comes from somewhere in our mind. If we're seeing an image of what we're defining as some type of demonic demon, okay, this is not coming from outside of ourselves. The mind somehow has grafted this image for a reason. This is why I'm saying you'll get the answers to that when you let the experience play itself out. Because you're going to find out, again, now I'm speaking in general, you're going to find out that usually when you walk yourself through the full experience of it, you, you might find that the images of, let's say in this case, since we're talking about this, that they'll appear as a loved one, shift into a demon, and then that might shift into something else. What it really is, if you stay with the full experience, I mean, that shit might shift into Mickey Mouse. I'm, I'm, I'm shit. I'm not even saying that, trying to be funny, because I've. That's a whole other story. But it might shift into something completely off the cusp that you're not even expecting. And let's say it's Mickey Mouse, then it might be trying to take you to something that happened when you went to fucking Disney World. I'm saying that with all seriousness. But now you ask yourself, why all this? Well, here's the thing: throw out when you're dealing with the subjective realm. Don't try to explain that and try to govern that by everything on the objective realm because you're going to get yourself completely confused. This is the way the mind communicates. It just does this. Sometimes when I reflect back on it, I say, man, sometimes there's no method to the madness. It's just the way it is, and there's really no per se one explanation for it because everybody's experience is different and unique. And they're going to see things, one, your life's experiences and everything you've been through up until this point is going to shape what you manifest on your subjective realm, especially in a dream state, even in a lucid dream. So you're going to, your, your visions of these things and how you're seeing them and how you're self-creating them, everybody is going to, it's going to be different for everybody. It's not going to be exactly the same, but the best thing, you know, you need to do, as we were both just explaining, you need to somehow figure how you can come to grips with 
seeing the entire experience out because if we don't, we're going to be, we could be drawing conclusions all night. I mean, we could be here all night doing this. And again, by all means, we always say this, when it comes to lucid dreams, dreaming in general, we, you can only get advice on your dreams. Nobody can particularly per se give you the exact solution to your dream situation but you. And we say that because, one, most of your dreams are conveyed in messages, symbols, and images. That's what dreams are. There's a multitude level of consciousness being communicated to you on all those levels. And it's personal. So for us to sit here, or anybody to sit here for that matter, and tell you that they can explain it in detail, they'd kind of be full of shit. So you would really have to, again, you are the one or you're the one that holds the key to the answer of why you're seeing the way you're describing as a family member, um, and then it shifts into what you're, you know, you're identifying. Um, so that's, that's the best advice we can give you on that. Um, I would try that. See if it works. Um, you know, if it doesn't work, then, you know, there's other methods we can, we could discuss, uh, you know, further. Um, but that's the best thing we can tell you on that. So hopefully that helped you in some shape, form, or fashion. Um, hopefully it just pushes you in the right direction and, and uh, you know, gives you some information or ammunition to work with. All right? All right, so I think we're going, what we're going to do is, uh, oh, man, she's gone, man. I think she couldn't wait. Oh, no, she's still there. We're going to bring in a Texas Tree Hugger, man. We're going to wrap it up. Texas Tree Hugger, what's going on? Well, good evening, Brother Benini. Good evening. Good, good evening. Good Yes, I am, definitely. Um, now you asked me to answer the question um last week. Mm-hmm. Uh the week well the week before I didn't make it through and then last week I, I didn't even make it there. So Okay, okay. Okay, so, so you, you I have talked, problems okay, no problem. No, I didn't even know. I, I no, I didn't even call in. Um I I was out, out cold. Okay. So, so you were just Gone. All right, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just no, I don't, I, Yeah, thank <clears throat> you. All right. Uh, this, this is a great program. I we covered so many different topics and the one of the I guess the I wrote down some things but I don't even know where to begin. I think the first thing I want to say is, you know, that we're living in such a precarious time right now. Mm-hmm. We're in a new age, we're in a new era of time. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're dealing with a lot of illusions right now. And mm-hmm. everything is not what it really appears. So I just say that right. even, you know, for myself, and, uh, and and I would just say for everyone else, you just need to be mindful of any of the, um, we just need to be mindful of any of the experiences that we're encountering, the thoughts that we're having, the dreams that we're having, like you were just talking about, the messaging that's coming to us. Mm-hmm tap into it to be able to decipher and discern what it what that message is. So because we're all on this journey and we're all ascending upward and forward or forward mm-hmm. and in that process there's a lot of things going on. And and That's correct. Yeah. So I think it'll have you know to really quantify it in words because I, I've just been going through my own things and I can't really quantified in words. Whenever we are ready to get go to an, another level, the only way I can put that in words is whenever you go to another level, you're going through a breakthrough, you're going to right. have some sort of a test. 
All right. right. And that's when you feel like you're going kind of bananas in your head, in your mind, and you feel like you may, mm-hmm. might be going a little crazy. And that is when you don't want to quit and you don't want to give up. You want to keep pressing through it because if you don't, then you'll never, you, you, won't, you won't get to where you need to be. And then you're going to mm-hmm. have to repeat it all over again. Believe me, I've that's done right. that. That's right. That's right. But, but, but I mean, I, the, the unique thing about this is everybody's perspective and experiences, um, it, 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 this, again, as I said earlier, there's not one specific manual. Like everything you're talking about, uh, that's an aspect of it. And then you're validating it by some of your experiences. Like you just said, I, you know, like you said, you've been there, you've done that. Um, we got to understand every aspect of something, just like what we were just talking about, about the, you know, dreams or lucid dreams and, and, and experiences that we were just talking about. This is all created and molded from a very early age. And when you're on this path, that's the part of identifying with yourself. So if you're seeing and experiencing certain things, this is something that has its root and origin in your very existence from day one. And the deep thing about it is no matter what you think of, no matter what you dream of, no matter what you conjure up in your mind, you grasp it and got it from somewhere. Because you wouldn't be able to manifest it if you didn't. This chip just doesn't come out of nowhere. So as somewhere along the line, you had a certain experience that shaped what you're seeing. Now, yeah, we know there's different effects through, you know, growing up, things we've been exposed to that can also affect that. But bottom line is we all have to understand when everybody's path and journey as you just described a couple of elements you were just describing, everybody's experiences and and everybody's path is not going to be identically the same. But the beauty of that is is we can interact with each other, share the experiences. We're not saying that you need to uh, accept everybody's experiences as a reality because that would just be complete foolishness. But by sharing these experiences as we're doing now, it, it, we can gauge certain things. We can compare certain things. And sometimes when hearing somebody else's experience, it might trigger something that you can connect to. It may not be identically, but it's something that you can relate to or something that you can connect to. But I can tell you this, in the case of this situation that we were just talking about, bottom line is you're going to find out when you're having, whether it's visions or whatever you want to call it, there's definitely something going on within yourself that you need to really look into and probe. It's never what it is on the surface, trust me, because what you're seeing on the surface is just to get your attention. And once you dig and probe deeper than that, I guarantee the situation and scenario plays itself out. It does all the time. But getting to that point is the challenge. But anyway, I know you were on, on something else. Anything else? What, what, what else you got there? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you know, that I, you know, I used to say, I'm saying this now because it, it, it registered in my mind. You know, sometimes you have to take a few steps backwards to go a few steps forward. That's, and that's correct. I, I look at that now and I'm like, oh, I don't know that I would totally agree with that anymore because mm-hmm. I have done that. But I, I've come to a place where I can say, well, maybe I can, I, I can take a pause. And that's not necessarily go backwards, but just pause. Correct. But I guess pause and assess things and gain some sense of mastery to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. No, um, that's a good point. That's a good point. 
Um, you know, so I wanted to also say that. And then when you're talking about an alchemist, you know, my, my first thought was that when you, when you were in that vein, an alchemist is not concerned with materialism. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, an alchemist is concerned with principalities and laws of the universe. And they operate based on laws of the universe. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but you know what's deep about that? People, people that are into it's funny how they don't even correlate it, but people that claim to be comedic, mm-hmm. okay, Kemet, you hear that term, which comes from the Aramaic actually, it's actually ancient Hebrew. That's number one. Okay, when you're saying you're chem, you're you're you're, you're, you're you hear this term, but you say I study Kemet. That has root in, in the word we're talking about here. Al- when you break down the word alchemist, okay, and you separate the two, you have the definite article, okay, in the Arabic, al, A-L, and then you have the word chemist, okay? You're really saying, when you're saying alchemist, you're saying the scientists, when you break down the origin or the etymology of these words, just from other various different words. So when somebody says that they're comedic, right, whether they're aware of it or not, they're saying they're an alchemist, but I don't really think they're aware of what they're really saying. You understand? Outside of the origin that it goes back to the biblical son of Ham, whose name was Cam or Ham, it's the same shit because it goes back to these root and origins of this whole science of being an alchemist, right? Because that's what an alchemist was. He dealt with the higher spiritual science, or he or she, I shouldn't just say he, he or she dealt with those higher spiritual sciences that we're talking about, you know, now. Because the Philosopher's Stone, for an example, which that's a whole other fucking class, and we've done classes on that, right? That's what a spiritual alchemist deals with, is the Philosopher's Stone, for lack of a better word. And that stone is a representation of you. That's what you're trying to, um, per se, perfect. That's what you're trying to get right. That's what you're trying to master. And in that alchemy or alchemical process, there's a transformational process. But before you can transform, there's a decalcination process. So that's the shit people don't talk about. Now, why I bring that up is we talk about all the time as addressing your bullshit. It's the same thing. In order to decalcify yourself, you can't make the transformation if you don't go through the decalcifying process. That's the whole point. And all of the shit we're talking about tonight, what you're saying, what the uh, the guest was talking about in the dreams, this is all part of that decalcifying process. One has to go through it. It's not an option. Ain't nobody special. And if you think that you're so fucking deep and spiritual and special that you can bypass this shit and proclaim yourself as a self-master and guru, you're full of shit. Because all you're doing is suppressing what's going to come to the surface anyway. So when you look at the, at the alchemy aspect of it, a real alchemist on a spiritual level, now we know there's scientific alchemists. You know, there's the actual process of turning lead-based metals into liquid, et cetera. That's the actual scientific. But remember, spiritual alchemists adopted those concepts and applied them spiritually to themselves. So you're taking – it's the same thing we did tonight with the Sith philosophy – and took that concept but applied it in 2017 to ourselves. That was a form of alchemy we did tonight. This whole show was a form of alchemy, whether you were conscious of it or not. I'm, I'm sure, I would hope, 
Some people picked up on that. But what we did tonight is what an alchemist does on a daily basis. But anyway, that, that just sparked that thought when you said that. Uh, I just want to throw that in there. Sure. And then just to tie that in, I mean, this is just a suggestion. I mean, what you just brought and what we're talking about is, yes, you're going to have to face it. You're going to have to go through the furnace. You know, in order for mm-hmm. silver to get polished or, or to get its, its glory, it has to go through the furnace. That's right. Know? And and that is what everyone will have to go through at whatever level you're at to be able to gain mastery or go to the next level. And what I was mm-hmm. going to even suggest on a, from a physical perspective, if, nev- if, if, any of, if anyone has never, like, for example, if, you, if you're working on a job and that's all you've ever done, then I would say, okay, what, what should you do next? My recommendation would be maybe go get some, not necessarily leave what you're doing, but mm-hmm. go do something else and get like a, 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 a 100% commission part-time job. Work on commission. See what you can That's do right. to earn your, your, your living, your livelihood, your sustenance on commission That's or right. self-employment because that's when you really learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's a good point. I mean, uh, look, again, people will figure this out, man. At the end of the day, you're going to realize this is why people are constantly searching. This is why people, they, they, either, they either deal with all these things that we're talking about on two levels. One, as we said earlier, they put their trust in something outside of themselves, and they go join a Mickey Mouse club or organization or group, and they think that that's going to be their sole salvation to ultimate success on all levels. And really, subconsciously, they're suppressing some fear that they're not addressing. Right. So that's why they'll bathe themselves in, 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 in whatever religion, philosophy, dogma, group, organization, whatever it is. Then you have the other people that are actually able to take the things that we're talking about, these concepts, and put them into work on themselves. So it's one of the two. And you're going to find out at the end of the day, this is why people keep searching and searching and never really find any true happiness. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about false happiness or illusions that they've created. There's a difference. I'm talking about real happiness for themselves is because they're not addressing the things that we're talking about tonight. They're, they're avoiding it like the plague. And, and this is why you run, you, you know some people, like I said before, you'll run into people that, you know, you see them one day, they're this, and then, then you see them a few months later, and then they're that. And then they, they, they don't know what to do with themselves. Or you see the others who just stay stagnated. They just become the same shit, and they never change, period. Like we said, these are your people that are loyal because they've been doing something so long, they feel like, oh, I can't do anything outside of that. And they, it's not, they're, they're confusing loyalty for guilt. That's a whole other different scenario. But, yeah, you have to, you have to address it. But that, that's part of a real alchemist working on himself is, or herself is addressing, as it said in the Sith Code philosophy, all of the aspects of yourself, positive and negative. Because we all, again, we all sit here and boast about all the shit we love about ourselves, how smart we think we are and this and that and blah, blah, blah. That's easy. But the problem where it becomes hard is you just might be a fuck-up and you just don't want to admit it to yourself. You might be an asshole and you just don't want to admit it to yourself. You might be a bullshit artist and you don't want to admit it to yourself. 
You might be a terrible mother or father or, or brother or sister, and you don't want to admit it to yourself. You understand? You might be a scammer, and you're fucking people over, hiding behind some spiritual system, masking it. You know how many people do that? They're in a spiritual system, but they're shady as fuck. But they think by being in that spiritual system, that's going to justify that shit, and it doesn't. You understand what I'm saying? So I mean, yeah, we could be here. We could be here flipping scenarios to the wee hours of the fucking morning, but that's the reality. That's just unfortunately that's the way it is. So yeah, the last thing I wanted to say is that you know, yeah, I still have it in me. You know, as a Texas tree character, love, peace, and harmony, and unity for everybody. That's still in my mm-hmm. core. However, oh, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> you 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 resonate. You resonate with fluffiness. I can tell you that straight up. <laughs> But but that but, that's a work that's a work in progress. Yeah, but but I've I've learned you know I learned that you know self preservation which is self governance is a mother of all virtues. So what um, you know, so I I've learned you know and yes from that when you talk about dark side yeah mm-hmm. I I know how yeah. I know how to step up I know how to step up and let I know me, how to let me let me tell you something let me tell you something and Ravana Noon you could you could you could back this up. You bring your ass down here. That fluffiness is going to disappear. Trust me when I tell you. That's who will. That, shit, that shit's going out the window. Trust me when I tell you. See, what's really going on, I'm going to tell you what's really going on. You, 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 in, that, you in that center point, you struggle. Not that you should, right, wait, I won't word this the right way so it doesn't, doesn't come, come incorrect. I think part of your problem is you're really not as fluffy as you think you are, and I think you fear tapping into that aspect of it because you might go off the deep end. That's the reality. Now, you may no, you may not you may not you think have a, that. No, you have a point there. No, you, you mm-hmm. have a point. But I'm not I'm not fearful and right. that is um no I know I, I Well I don't, I don't say fearful put, let me let me correct that. I don't mean fearful in the sense that you're scared. I think, you know, it, the 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 transitional change of it will be very drastic and I think you're just you're just trying to discipline yourself to get yourself to the point to be receptive of it. I'm I'm, I'm more or less talking along the lines of that. But you're not as fluffy as you think you are. Trust me when I tell you that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, know. I, think, I, I know I think that too. <laughs> I, the fluffiness is your the fluffiness is your security blanket. So you hold on to that. I'm not saying that that's not an aspect of you because that is. I mean you do have that part of your No, nature. that that is part of my makeup. That is my yeah. nature. That is my yeah, nature. Don't, so don't, I'm, don't. Not gonna, I'm not going to depart from that. No. Uh, uh, you know, that no. is but that, that's why that's me at the core. That really is me at the core. However, and, and I will say, in, in, a, in, in the world that we live, yes, I have to be tough. There are so many right. things that I, I, am, I am by nature really a warrior. So I can uh-huh. navigate in all kinds of that's, – that's what an alchemist does. I mean, I can navigate mm-hmm. in any kind of environment. And adapt. Mm-hmm. Oh, big and time. still and still be strong. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are moments of weakness, obviously, because I have to adapt. But once I learn to adapt, then I'm strong, and then that helps to build me up. And I would say that that should be that should be the same for everybody, well, not only you me. Men- mm-hmm. You you mentioned warrior. Let me tell you this. Like I said, you get, whenever you get down here, it's not just a warrior, okay? It's a bloodthirsty warrior. 
okay? And you need to experience it. What I'm trying to tell you is this, and trust me, I'm telling you this. It's now May 12, 2017. You can write this down, 1213 a.m. I'm telling you this. Once you experience the power of what you're talking about, and I'm telling you, yes, I'm specifically saying a specific spiritual entity. You mentioned warrior, so I'm going to bring it up because you mentioned it. This is what I'm trying to tell you. That's going to, you're not going to grasp it until you actually experience it and bring it out. Trust me when I tell you. And it's going to be a whole different ball game from there. I'm not even going to expound past that because okay. I'm telling you, you can say I understand the fluffiness is part of your nature. It is to an extent, but that's not what's been keeping you whole for all these years. That's not the shit that's been guiding you. That's, that's, that's correct. That's not the shit that's been keeping you afloat. That's correct. It's that bloodthirsty female warrior that saved your ass a million times over. And <laughs> once you tap into that shit, that's what I meant when I said all that other shit will go out the window. You'll be able to utilize it when need be. I'm not saying because we do need at times where we got to tone it down. Don't get me wrong. You know, I get in them fluffy moods once in a while. Yes, I do get a little fluffy here and there because you need you need that, you know, change of pace so don't get me wrong and like you say you can't disregard it it is there it's part of you but i'm telling you this that's not really you that's just a part of you say that again it's not really you but it is a part of you that's necessary only for this reason and this reason only to keep that bloodthirsty warrior spirit at bay that's it that's why you got the fluffy side of you. That's it. Ain't got nothing to do with anything else. Trust me. Oh, funny. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Well, that's anyway, cool. anyway, well, well, well we just it. need to live in the now. That's the last thing I was saying. We just need to live in the now. There you go. Live in the now. That's all we have. That's it. That's all we got. All right. But anyway, uh, I think we're going to wrap this thing up as usual. We appreciate it's you. It's a pleasure. Last, last word. We appreciate it. And uh, we will talk Love, to peace, you. Love, peace, blessings, and fluffiness to, to, to you and everyone. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. We'll see you soon. All right, peace. Well, Dave, take care. Peace. All right. All right, brother. Uh, I said I had enough of this shit tonight, man. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, give you a yeah. contact and all that, all that good shit. All right. Uh, if anybody wants to reach me with questions, comments, concerns, you can reach me at Ravana R A V A Noon. Wait, shit, I even fucked up my name. R-A-V-A-N-A. <laughs> I was just going to tell you that, bro. Noon, N-U-N, at Outlook.com. Once again, that's Ravana Noon at Outlook.com. Or Dark Occultist 99 on, um, uh, damn, shit, YouTube. And uh, you can reach us on Awakening Universal Minds on Facebook page. Peace. What about your? Why don't you give me your personal webpage, BigBootySmashers dot net? No, no, that's, that's personal and private, brother. Personal. And private. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, peace to f out. All right, peace. All right, all real right. quick. Uh, last thing. Um, again, the events. If you need the flyers for uh, tomorrow night, we're drumming on the beach, Pompano Beach, in uh, North Fort Lauderdale. Uh, again, Atlantic Boulevard. Get off right at the I ninety five exit, Atlantic Boulevard. Go east. Go all the way east, uh, cross over A1A right into the parking lot, uh, 7.30 to 10 tomorrow night. Uh, next Saturday, um, on the 19th, we are doing the Invocation of the Holy Death Ritual, Cultural Expressions, Hollywood, Florida. Please be on time for that ritual. Uh, dress attire, either a black robe 
all black attire, no jeans, T-shirts, or shorts. Real simple rule. The next day on the 20th, we'll be doing a class also at Cultural Expressions uh, in Hollywood, Florida. Um, I know the flyer says Sophia's Garden, but that is booked up. We had to change it to uh, Cultural Expressions. So both events, long story short, will be there. And, again, reminder, next week we will not be doing a show uh, due to the fact that we have to prepare for the ritual and some people travel and things of that nature just – uh, makes it a little difficult to do a show the night before. So, you know, we'll be doing that moving forward uh, the night before. The show's the night before rituals. We won't we won't be doing a show um, just for that particular reason. Uh, other than that, that's all I got for you. You can contact me again for any information on those events, khnum19 at gmail.com. You can also go to my YouTube page, Mother Nubia Inc. And you can also go to Mother Nubia Inc. Google Plus, and it has the radio show's archive. It takes you right here to talkshoe.com. Uh, and you can come right here on this website here. All the radio shows are archived back to August 2014. Uh, and the archive is shows we've done with uh, Dr. Phil Valentine, uh, Dr. Delbert Blair, who passed away last year, um, Dr. Jewel Pokram. Uh, you see all the various guests we've had on the show over the last couple of years uh, and all the shows that we've done. Um, so, so feel free to check that out. Uh, so I got for you. Again, shout out to all the international listeners. I'd like to acknowledge you guys in the beginning of the show and at the end of the show we know you can't get in on the chat or on the phone and we see you live streaming on facebook twitter uh and other means of live streaming i get those stats uploaded to me uh and you know the day after the show is over so we definitely appreciate everybody listening in australia jagasu and the crew out there uh brazil uh portugal uh england st vincent st croix st thomas jamaica trinidad um where else we got france uh, I know I'm probably forgetting some people. Uh, we did. We have some listeners, uh, South Africa, which they started listening a couple of weeks ago, which definitely appreciate that. And there was uh, another one. Uh, I know Ravana Noon had it. They had emailed uh, one of his emails. But I anyway, we appreciate all you guys spreading the show. It's uh, it's wonderful to hear that it's not only just reaching people here in the United States. It's uh, connecting with people all over the place, Europe, Africa, oh Canada too. Sorry, I forgot Canada. Um, definitely appreciate listeners in Toronto and Montreal and, and other parts of Canada. Um, uh, so we appreciate you guys. Uh, I know we don't mention it enough, but you guys are an integral part of why we do this show. So you're much appreciated with you guys listening in. Uh, that's all I got for you this week. And so we'll be back on the air on the 25th, which is two Thursdays from now. And for those that's coming out to the drumming tomorrow night, we'll see you out there. And for those that's coming to the ritual uh, next week, we'll see you guys out there. Peace. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.